0: good morning gardenia happy monday and i mean that from the bottom of my heart we made it to another one i hope you had a good weekend i certainly did here in gardenia oh man uh, well, except for I had one big administrative chore this weekend, which was to schedule corona tests. Is it? Can I still say corona, or, or is it is it? I gotta say COVID now, right? Or I'm not one of the cool kids. Okay, gotcha. All right. So the uh, we 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 went to. I was online and on the phone for hours and hours and hours. Okay, it wasn't that bad, but it was it was way more trouble than it was supposed to be. We'll get into that. We got we got some like before before I go any further, you know, I talk about my journalistic responsibility on the show. Well today we have two big celestial announcements before we get into anything else. Our guests, our COVID block, our oh, there's so today we had a great guest. We got tons of news, more headlines than CJ can handle. We're gonna crash his internet. Uh, but first Two major celestial happenings that I, I just have to tell everybody about. And I'm going to be here in Gardenia tonight with my with my special phone camera app. I've got, well, it, you don't know this, check it out, Camera PX. Is, uh, is, it's like some kind of special just Android camera app that lets you do extended night photography. Why am I doing this? Why am I telling you about this before we even get to the stories? Well, tonight here in Gardenia, I know I'm going to be out looking up at the sky or a couple of things. First, the longest night of 2020 will feature the year's final media shower, uh, the extended hours of darkness. This well, is from WUSA9.com, the, the extended hours Jupiter, of uh, the darkness. Will and, feature. Uh,
1: Mercury in the last decade
0: Two celestial happenings well, we'll that it. maybe we're staying uh, up to see. Well, oh, Gileadio, we're just going to get into this. Again, so the longest night of the year, that's the December solstice. That's tonight, Monday. a.m. Eastern Time, when the sun's rays are most direct over the Southern Hemisphere. For the Northern Hemisphere, this is the shortest day and longest night of the year and marks the transition from astronomical autumn to astronomical winter. Meanwhile, this solstice signals the start of astronomical summer south of the equator, with December 21 bringing the longest day and shortest night of the year. So there are two events. Say, for folks across North the North American, the, excuse me, the Northern Hemisphere, wow, what an numericentric Herodian slip. The extended hours of darkness will feature two celestial happenings that may be worth staying up late to see. The first of the two events can be seen globally and is an extraordinarily close encounter between the two largest planets in the solar system. However, it will only be visible for an hour or two after sunset in the western sky on December 21st. And that's tonight, tonight, tonight. I mean, I uh, maybe it's it's a nice day. It's a nice day here in Gardenia. It's not so cold. Beautiful, clear skies, very bright. Shouldn't be too uh, cold. Uh, we're bearing the cold, I think, tonight. It's been a while since I've gotten out and done any night photography. And uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. So I'll be watching the sunset. And I've been watching for the last few months uh, Jupiter, and Saturn in the sky, and I've, I've got some pictures of those up on our on our Instagram at uh, the Garden of Freedom on on Instagram. And there's I think there's one or two that are actually tag, hashtag #Saturn hashtag #Jupiter. Uh, but yeah, so they will be they will look like uh, one single object in the sky, leading some to nickname the event the Christmas Star due to its proximity to the holiday season. Oh, what what a westocentric way of describing this right yes it's well two planets line up in the star and it's somewhere near our big holiday we're gonna we're gonna have to name it after that so yeah this is the christmas star i don't care too much about the name but the other one uh the Ursid meteor shower will unfold during the second half of monday night into the early hours of tuesday morning but will only be visible for sky watchers across the northern hemisphere So, according to the American Meteor Society, did you know there was such a thing? The American Meteor Society. The Ursids are often neglected due to the fact it peaks just before Christmas and the rates are much less than the Gemins, which peaks just a week before the Ursids. Yeah, observer... uh, Those damn Germans. Uh, Gemins, Gemins, excuse me. Uh, Observers will normally see 5 to 10 Ursids per hour during late morning hours on the date of maximum activity. There have been occasional outbursts when rates have exceeded 25 per hour. And we get a lot of meteor showers out here, like even on on a normal night, just a normal clear night here in Gardenia, being able to look up at the sky and see, you know, a handful of shooting stars. Shooting stars, yeah. Great scientific misnomer. But uh, the meteors that that you do get to see on clear nights here, it's pretty cool. And and when you have as a, a wonderful place, to observe, uh, as, as we do here, it's – everything is – the night sky is just always beautiful, whether it's doing anything or not. But specifically tonight, it's it, – what does that mean, 25 per hour? You just, like, sit there, and it's like a show. You know, one, you know every two minutes, you're going to see a shooting star. You get stoned, lie down somewhere outside where you can stare up at the sky tonight. This is going to be uh, worth, worth it taking in, and uh, I'll be there with you in spirit on my own here in Gardenia. So check it out. We've got another story about this from CNN specifically. Watch for the Christmas stars Jupiter and Saturn come closer than they have in centuries. <clears throat> so this is uh, yeah, once in a, yeah, once-in-a-lifetime kind of celestial event specifically. I mean, the meteor shower is just a really cool thing that happens on, on a regular <laughs> basis, I guess, relatively speaking. But it is a meteor shower that is special, worth catching tonight. But the Jupiter-Saturn, uh, this is the closest they are coming closer together than they have for uh, since since the Middle Ages. The Middle Ages, we we describe that time period based on what it was in the middle of. Yeah. So uh, again, on the night of December 21st, tonight Jupiter and Saturn will appear so closely aligned. That they will look like a double planet or a big star. So check it out. This is called conjunction, and the fact that it is, this event is happening during the winter solstice is pure coincidence. So anyway, that's it. Let's get to comment, Jim Freedom, and our promos here. Jim, welcome to the show. Coming to you from Phoenix, Arizona. Unfortunately, not quite Gardenia. Jim, uh, what, what do we have for promos today? You want to do our promos to start the show too, and then then I can I can drink.
2: Uh, okay, we can do that. That was great. Uh, before we get to the promos real quick, Craig wanted to point out that that's a good night for first contact <laughs> when the stars are Oh, okay.
0: yeah. If any aliens wanted to, so to come down, and, and I'll be around. I'll be around. I'm free.
2: Right. right. Yeah, come on down. I've always given the same invitation. Please feel, <laughs> feel free to, to come on by and say hi. <laughs> Uh, as far as promos goes, ways you can support us here at the show, you can visit adamversusdemand.com as the bottom of the screen, and once you're there, click on the Patreon link, and that'll take you to our Patreon.com Demand page. You can help us out with $1, 5 or $10 a month. $10 is really where it's at. It gets you access to the Producers Club, which is where everything happens behind the scenes. It's where we prep for the show. It's where you have general conversation Basically, 24-hour access to Adam and everyone else uh, with us on the show. I keep going to my mouse, and I couldn't—I don't have a AA battery, so I got no mouse today. So I'm using my laptop's thing, so I'm a little bit slower. Uh, once you're done with the Patreon link, you head over to our store, check out all the cool stuff CJ's been putting together. Uh, Adam versus the Man has its own store link. There's the shirt I'm wearing, Jim versus the Man. If you want to, uh, we may be able to work out your—I think we're Sometime soon, we're going to be doing custom orders where you can get your own name on there and uh, and personalize uh, some of our stuff. That would be awesome. Well, but he's got hey, a ton Jim, of
0: great. Hold on, Jim. Jim, I'm going to bring it back to the store. But since you remind me, I got a, a few production notes. I just, I thought it was funny that you said, you know, you brought up a, a first contact comment, it was, it was like a, to kick things yeah. off here, because uh, I have got that line from aluminum foil going on in my going over and over my head. Um, in case an alien's inclined to mm. probe your butt or read your mind, you know, from uh, Weird Al Yankovic's "Aluminum Foiled," great song. If you don't know, check it out. But we're, tomorrow we have we have an alien block. <laughs> we actually have a blog on alien news, uh, and, and this is, I mean, something that like I kind of keep up with just a little bit on the side on my own, but I haven't really like brought to the audience. And like we did the story. Last week uh, about the Israeli uh, defense former muckety muck who said, "Oh yeah, the, the aliens—they've been in contact with us. Just the, just the uh, U.S. and Israeli governments, because we're that special." You know, <laughs> fuck you, really—that's your—that's your alien legend. Oh yeah, the aliens—even love – the aliens agree that we're better than the rest of you. Um, but uh, <laughs> this, so we got—we got a block. We got a block. We got a whole block of alien news, and it seems like there's more than ever before, and and a lot of people, you know, or at least in the back of my mind, I have this voice like, Adam, that's not news, you can't talk about it. But the, the story last week, it, I, even though we decided it was bullshit, the, the fact that an Israeli former defense minister, whatever the heck he was, and, and respected, you know, a university professor comes out and says this, you go, well, that's kind of news, even if it's just his own bullshit hoax or he's losing his mind, but we have some serious stories, too, about uh, looking at uh, uh, radio waves from outer space and, you know, r- uh, science, like, actual science about aliens, okay, guys? We got it coming tomorrow. We got a big block. So today is the big news headline COVID catch-up block. We got to get through this. Like I got I got to get to the COVID headlines. CJ is, is scrambling right now to pull up 100 different news stories so we can get you all caught up on COVID before the break. But tomorrow... As our last show before Christmas. And so we are taking off uh, three days this week because we're we're taking off uh, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. So tomorrow's our last show. We will be back on Monday. So tomorrow for Christmas, I'm giving you all a really fun episode of nothing but science, tech, nature, and human progress innovation stories. I think it's a great way to. to and we're not quite ending off the year. We'll be back before the year's over. But to sort of end this this run before our three-day break before the big holiday of Christmas. Uh, the Jews get the little holiday. The Muslims get the ignored holiday. The Christians and, and the secularists who like to dress up get the big holiday of Christmas. But for uh, for, for you know for those of you, who, I, I take it as meaningful because I. I'm gonna be with my wife and her dad in, in California. I don't know what we're doing. Nothing big. We already got Christmas out of the way with our family this year, and away with uh, Christmas at Thanksgiving. When we, we at least we knew it was before before they were gonna round us all up into COVID concentration camps. Uh, at least we knew we could travel then. We don't know what's gonna be possible for Christmas. Uh, we don't know what's gonna be possible with this COVID test for Hawaii. Uh, but that, that's, that's my big administrative note and uh, scheduling stuff. So if you want to send stories to me, th- th- like during the show today, uh, t- send them to me on Twitter. Just tweet me links. Or I don't. What do we want to call tomorrow's show? The Good News Show, the Progress Man. Show, Libertarians on Progress. Uh, maybe, maybe something like that. But if, if uh, you have positive nature discovery links, science innovation links. Uh, scientific, or just progress, innovation in general, uh, alien stories. We've got like a sub block on tomorrow's show for alien. And, uh, if you want to just send, you can email me, Adam at the Freedom Line, send it to me on Twitter, at Adam Kokesh. Tomorrow's going to be a fun show. And I believe we have some, some new merch on the website to go back to where you were in the promos there, Jim.
2: Uh Oh, we got merch is, on the is website. Is the new
0: T-shirt up? Did CJ? Did CJ did he, did he, did he. Uh,
2: I don't know. He's fishing around right now. I was reading the chats that were coming in. I got distracted. Sorry about that. <coughs> um, To get back to the shop, though, that's what we were talking about. Is CJ ready to bring that shop back up that people can visit? <laughs> Okay. Anyways, you know you know where the shop's at. That's where you're gonna be going to buy all your merch. Yep. There we are. I don't see the new shirt. He must obviously not have that up yet. So after you do that, we got to go to Cigar Federation and get your 10% off by using the promo code Adam10, all caps. Uh, that's gonna get you any of these wonderfully flavored cigars for all your tobacco smoking. Uh, needs, and those things are pretty good. So get yourself a 10% discount. Why not? And after that, go to com and get Adam into debating some people. Let's find the most uh, wild person we can get him to debate and get that on the post so we can get some public support behind it and get it to happen so we can have some fun debates. That's all I got. Promo's done. Now it's time to get this COVID out of the way. Or do you want some comments?
0: Let's get this COVID out of the way. Should we do our COVID block? Should we jump in? Is everybody ready?
2: Buckle up, motherfuckers. It's long oh, hold, are you ready, <laughs> CJ? Thumbs up or thumbs down? He's, he's, yeah, no, thumbs I'm down not ready. So rush like you all rushed through are. this
3: like a, like a freight train through a snowstorm. I need to. All right,
0: so it's only been 15 minutes. minutes of injury. This is what happens
3: when you don't send me the links right. That's what happens when you don't send me the
2: all right, so we got you yeah, there, so, but uh, yeah, okay. A so, few uh, comments this,
0: while we're with. Well, let me finish this story real quick. I, it's sort of like COVID warm up. Um, so I'm flying to Hawaii. I'm going to be there for the first two weeks of January with my wife for, for our honeymoon, and we're still going to do the show the second week. But uh, in order to go to Hawaii right now, excuse me, uh, what they they changed the state policy from mandatory two-week quarantine to mm. mandatory two-week quarantine if you don't get a negative COVID test first. And it has to be from one of the Hawaii state government-accepted partners. Now, that's not such a big deal. It has to be was 72 hours, and then you have to have your results. And it may have changed now that they're working with the airlines, telling airlines, you cannot get on a flight to Hawaii if you don't have the negative. We're not just accepting people who are going to not get a test and then come in quarantine, apparently. But we went and saw that, okay, on the list, Walgreens and CVS are accepted partners for Hawaii's state government to let you travel and without quarantining in Hawaii. Now, there's all sorts of other rules for, like, if you go inter-island travel, there are other quarantine, isolation. uh, There's all sorts of silly stuff going on in Hawaii right now. But... You would think, hey, CVS, Walgreens, no big deal, right? Well, uh, not quite that simple. Uh, first, according to CVS, because I have no, I don't know, particular risk factors or, uh, like I'm not a first responder, or priority personnel, uh, frontline workers in the COVID crisis. I'm not, a, you know, medical professional. Apparently, according to CVS, I don't qualify. To get a COVID test, you have to meet the qualifications. Now, according to Walgreens, I go to Walgreens. Okay, Walgreens.com. They got to be organized. They got to have this. And yeah, they're taking appointments for tests. But as I found out after uh, an hour on the phone with customer service from Walgreens, oh no, they're only scheduling tests three days out because of high demand. And I, I, I mean, right away from these two things, I go, yeah, yeah, socialist medicine in America. That's, that's, this is what it looks like. This is what it feels like. We're, we're gov- everything government touches turns to shit. But when it comes to medicine, uh, healthcare in general, we have become so uh, used to government having a heavy hand in healthcare that we don't see this for what it is as a government line. Because of a government shortage, government caused shortage. There's no reason for this right now. And, and I, in our in our in our block day, you're gonna see even with the vaccines that the uh, manufacturer has millions of them sitting in a warehouse and can't ship them out because government hasn't told them where to ship them yet. So anyway, we found uh, a, a private healthcare clinic where we're able to schedule a test. But but right now it's the one that and, and it is it's, it is one of Hawaii's accepted. Partners, but it's only going to be ready in three to four days. We have to take it within 72 hours of our flight, so we could go in get the tests exactly 72 hours before our flight. If they're not ready in time, we'll say, I guess we're not going to Hawaii. I don't. Maybe they let us on the plane with it. Who knows? So I have a couple of backups. So I'm going to be refreshing the Walgreens website as of 72 hours before 72 hours from our flight, going, oh, is there, is there a new appointment scheduled? This is what they told me on the phone I should be doing, is that as soon as, as soon as an appointment becomes available on their system three days in advance, you have to be first in line, first refreshing your browser to get that time slot. So I've got that as a backup, and then I've got another one that, that that's a possible 24-hour turnaround as a backup schedule, but it's a lot more expensive. So there's, that's, that's what it's like trying to get a COVID test right now for me under these circumstances. Fucking insane.
2: That's horrible. And I'm glad that I don't have to worry about needing a test for anything I need to do at this point anyway.
0: Well, <laughs> I think what they got? want to make it easier to get the vaccine than the test at this point.
2: <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Just assume you have it and go get the vaccine. Yeah.
3: So is every link for today's show, if you look at the top of the screen, is every one of these millions of links for today's show, is that, <laughs> uh, is that all COVID? Um, about two-thirds of it, yeah. yeah I, I have gathered. So, so, so from tattles. now on, Adam, I, I hate to say this, because <laughs> we're, we're we're never going to be able to ever go back to YouTube. So I think the intro for this show is going to have to just be, a corona medical information warning at this point. I mean, like it's. I mean, we're we're. I mean, I, at what point is it? this show might as well just be called Adam versus the Rona? It's this is this is this is uh, this is. I mean, there's like 50 links. Two thirds of them are all corona. That's yeah see how many we can we're get through. Gonna, we're going to we get through. Really fast. They're ready. Gonna, Remember,
0: we haven't we haven't covered corona directly for like four or five days now. We did a big block and then a couple follow-up stories last week. We have we have successfully contained the virus. Uh, it is it, on the show. It is it is completely contained. <laughs> yeah. So how many things we said already that would cross that line. Yeah, I was gonna say medical advice or critical misinformation that might lead people to you know be less likely to follow because that that's this is. I mean, I'm kind of grateful we haven't talked about ourselves being censored for a while, right? Like, uh, we, we haven't talked about why we're so only sort of on YouTube bouncing around different channels, avoiding the main Adam Kokos channel, and it's because of the strike system and that now you can get a strike for saying anything that contradicts the World Health Organization or local health authorities on COVID. And you're like, wait, they contradict each other every fucking day. They contradict themselves from day to day, if not week to week, as we've we've covered before. So to cut through that bullsh- bullshit, to, to, you know, see the science underneath the propaganda, I think that's a very important part of the show. And if you say, oh, Adam's just Adam versus the Rona now, like, well, one, not really true. But if it's half true, you know, we effectively are talking about, corona-related corona stuff, half the show. I think that's totally appropriate, given that uh, this is the biggest racket of our time. This is the biggest injustice, the source of the greatest injustices in the world today, aside from all the normal ones of statism that, that we talk about, that we do talk about while we're talking about this racket. Like, why does the coronavirus turn into this monstrosity through propaganda and, and fear-mongering that would lead you to do, to do X, Y, Z, to exploit you. Well, why is that possible in the first place? Yes, because of the central banking system, because of corporatism, because of the mainstream media, because of the government controlling information, because of the inability of us to live up to our scientific potential, because government is in the way so many times. Like These are all, I think these are the most important subjects of our day. This is what it means to challenge the man.
3: No, this is how you get suicided, your channel demonetized, <laughs> this is how you, you end That's up That's the with, same thing. Like, when you challenge, okay, fine, you're challenging the man, and we're getting the retaliation from the man, this is what we're experiencing. What so, do you
2: think happens when you fight the giant? You think, you think you throw a rock at a giant and no, you just- No, no,
3: man, you know. like, I just, I just expect it to be like wrestling.
2: They let us win
3: one, and we win one, and then they win one, you know, like, it's all fake. It's all fake, so why do we pretend... This is what really bothers me, Adam. Before we get into COVID, let's, let me ask, ask you this. Why do each respective political party, when they politicize this shit, think their side is somehow innocent? Why do they still have that cognitive dissonance after years and years, decades of proving that either side is, is, is the better than the other side? Why do they both pretend like that is? Aren't they both misinformation? Aren't they both causing people to die? Aren't they both doing things that are genocidal? And yet we're, they're worried about Adam versus the man saying... Like it, it makes no sense to me. Like, they pretend... Like, they get to say, you can't question World Health Authority. You can't question local authorities. Well, that local authorities is government. And that government are people that are pretending they're benevolent. And it, it's, so why do you think that we get the shit end of the deal... When they can literally murder people, but we can't say corona. We can't say corona more than without me having to worry about, you know, like... Oh, and by the way, my computer's freezing today. Jim, you jinxed me.
2: So... I didn't uh, say that. I didn't say that.
3: Yeah, yeah you're, you're frozen. Adam jinxed
2: frozen.
0: you jinxed you. Gotta, we got to get to these tabs to start closing. Yeah, up. hundreds of them. Right. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh.
0: CJ, I actually really want to answer your question first, because this is a, a metaphor we've heard before. Uh, Glenn Jacobs, former WWE professional wrestler, now uh, a libertarian elected mayor, uh well, I don't know if that's his current position, uh, but a great libertarian political activist, and he has described the left-right Republican versus Democrat as a version of the staged drama with professional wrestling. And they stage that drama. Someone is behind that stage staging that drama up front for you to see. And when we step into politics and we confront that drama, and this is I don't know if you noticed, D.J., but I don't. I think, I think unique among a lot of libertarian pundits, or at least some, like I, I deliberately avoid the, you know, I call it the palace intrigue, especially the, the, the especially from the Trump administration, the drama, the silliness, the, the personality-driven distractions in the headlines that are part of this, you know, white hat, black hat, red hat, blue hat, you know, professional wrestling uh, fake drama that is put in front of us. And when we step in and we confront that as libertarians, it's tempting to say, oh, well, we're just stepping into the drama. This is all just a show. Why can't we just – I didn't think it was serious. Well, that's not what we're doing. And it's tempting to play into that in a lot of ways and and to relate to people, to, to try to step into that conversation to pull people out of it. But it's not like we're going into a wrestling match like WWE and, and jumping on stage to be the better fighter, we're the asshole jumping up there, grabbing the mic and going, this is all fake. This is all fake. This is all fake. Get out of here. Go do something meaningful with your lives. Go confront the, the powers that be who are behind this Red and Circuses act that is there to distract you from what's really going on. No, we're not playing for a belt anymore. We're not. It, we're, this is not part of the show what we do as libertarians is not just more political back and forth. We, we we're playing for keeps and it, it's nice in the world that we live in to be able to do it by sitting back and producing a podcast. But why are we shadow banned? Why are we censored? Why do we face these challenges? It's not because we're just another part of the show of the drama of, of the Professional wrestling staged drama. No, we, we are seeing past that to confront those behind it. All right, so let's get into our COVID block now. Now you can play the intro. <laughs> oh. Big COVID blow today on Monday, December 21st, getting you all caught up, ready to go into Christmas where restrictions are still varied. And I can't tell you what they are in your area. You're going to have to look that stuff up for yourself. But uh, I recommend just generally don't follow the advice of the political leaders who ignore their own advice. Live free, love free. Be with your family, celebrate the holidays the best way you can, and don't be scared into shrinking from that love of of what it means to connect with people over the holidays. But first, some political bullshit we got to get out of the way. While so many Americans cannot afford the Christmas that they want this year, don't worry. The government's going to be here to totally take care of it with a $600 check in the mail or direct deposit to your bank account. some point in the near future our first headline from axios com called this bill it looks like it's going through now the nine hundred billion dollar compromise uh, real and, and that's part of the staged nonsense of American politics oh yeah we we compromise and it's a good compromise because nobody got exactly what they wanted but no uh, the the story goes we've been talking about a second stimulus deal for months and it's been it's been a long time that Americans have been suffering because after the first, uh, you know, uh, boosted unemployment benefits and, and all the COVID relief checks and uh, loans for businesses, some of, some of some of which, believe it or not, went to small businesses. Most of it went to large corporations, and was, uh, I would say, pissed into the, in the sand, but uh, stolen from the American people to serve the purpose of government, that is, the rich or the super rich getting richer at the expense of the rest of us. And this, this agreement now, so late last night, Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell announced both sides have finally come to an agreement. Um, and they got here, plus we could soon have self-driving taxis. Just a fun little note Axios adds in here. But to call is a compromise, it, it, it's like, yeah, uh, if, if me and my buddy, you know, uh, rob you and one of us holds a gun to your head and one of us holds a knife to your ribs and you give us your wallet and then we compromise and we split the the money in your wallet between the two of us. Uh, that's not exactly – the, the compromise isn't really the story there. The ripoff is the story, right? So furthermore on this, the Seattle Times has this next headline. White House secures the re-martini lunch tax deduction and draft of coronavirus relief package. Now, I'm all like taxation is theft, right? I, I'm all for, you know, what, whatever you want to stop stealing from people, whatever you want to use as an excuse to stop stealing from people, hey, I'm all for it. But obviously there is a kind of manipulation and favoritism, and we're stealing from everybody but these people a lot less. Mm, uh, There's other uh, reasoning at play here. In this case, the draft language of the emergency coronavirus relief package includes a tax break for corporate meal expenses pushed by the White House and denounced by congressional Democrats, according to a summary of the deal circulating among congressional officials and officials who are familiar with the provision. Now I didn't even realize this till just now, but like looking at this, they want you to think that they're fighting over some thoughtful minutia of this bill. Like are, and while it's already a business expense, do we want to make it a tax deduction? If you have a business uh, corporate meal expenses, and is it going to help the restaurant industry? Uh, well, not really significant. Now, I told you we were going to talk about the stories of leaders not following their own rules. Got this juicy one from Breitbart.com, Dr. Doctor De- Deborah Burks. Does she have any kind of credibility left at this point anyway? I don't know. She seems like uh, someone who at least might be, uh, I don't want to say negatively impacted, but some, some people who, who put credibility in her, uh, or put any kind of faith in her, might want to hear this story. Dr. Deborah Burks visited family despite own travel warning as COVID 19 cases skyrocketed before the Thanksgiving holiday weekend. Dr. Deborah Burks, coordinator of the White House coronavirus response, warned Americans to be vigilant and limit celebrations to your immediate household. And the day after Thanksgiving, she traveled to one of her vacation properties on Fenwick Island in Delaware. She was accompanied by three generations of her family from two households. Burks, her husband Paige, Reth, yeah, daughter, the son in law, two young grandchildren were birthed. And there's, there's so many of these stories now. I, I think I got more in the block today, Barry, and we're going to come back to. I mean, uh, Fauci, everybody at uh, Cuomo, uh, Newsom, Pelosi. I mean, I could go on and on and on, even just off the top of my head, with the incidents that we've had over this past year of the most absurd, blatant hypocrisy. And, like, there are really only a couple conclusions you can come to from this. If you believe in the mainstream corona narrative that's coming to you from these authorities who don't follow their own rules, either they all have some weird death wish, or... They know something that we don't, or they've already got it and are afraid to. I mean, there, there, there's some out there explanations, but Occam's Razor tells us that the most simple, obvious explanation is most likely correct. And in this in, in this case, it's as simple as that. Uh, these political leaders know that the virus isn't a threat, and that's why they don't take it seriously, and this is why it's a hoax, not that the virus isn't real. I've been saying this since since February 1st. We did a a podcast called The Coronavirus Hoax. The virus is real, and and it's some version of the flu with a better publicist, okay? Is it a, a scale more or less deadly? Could be either way, and in some places, probably is on both sides of that. We don't know because of stories like this next one from political house panel details, extensive political meddling with CDC's COVID-19 reports. Yeah, no shit. And I've been telling you this since Donald Trump said publicly that he was going to ask the CDC order, excuse me, order. Donald Trump doesn't ask like this, uh, order the CDC to conduct their deliberations in private, uh, excuse me, not private, secret. And, this 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 is the hoax. Is that you reveal that just every time you see this, you know that the people who are telling you this is a threat are full of shit. They're not doing this for your best interest. Why do you I, tell me, please? there is some other explanation for this uh, absurd, glaring? now more than ever laid bare clearly destructive hypocrisy. But to this story, new documents show political appointees sought to influence at least 13 reports as they ignored warnings from career officials. Now, there's a general narrative behind this in the mainstream media of, oh, political uh, people in the Trump administration, they were trying to minimize the threat. No, not always. And there's there's a manipulation back and forth which breeds more fear and uncertainty which serves the general interests of government again concentrating wealth and power in the hands of the few so i told this whole year has been full of really predictable arcs just one after another and we did a whole block of was it last week of i told you so because i but you know this one The uh, new strains, the mutations, this is true about the flu, too, and just a little basic background information in uh, human biology, virology, whatever, you know, just understanding how viruses work, they get strains, they get variations uh, all the time. This is normal, and as as they mutate, they tend to become less deadly or less damaging because that's just the natural progression of what a, you know, a virus is. And I, as I said, and this, this is kind of a big one that this thing is going to mutate uh, just like the flu. The flu, We have flu A and flu B and, and different strains. This is why you need a vaccine every year. That's different. You need uh, that's got, you know, this year's strains and, and blah, blah, blah. So, Uh, You know, it's all all the up-to-date, latest, and greatest flu vaccines. So uh, this normal uh, uh, development of uh, mutations, I I said from the beginning, if if they are successful at drawing this out, the fear of new strains and mutations, and it's not a new strain mutated. Oh, it sounds really scary if you're, you know, a child or I just have no idea what those words mean. But um, it's really easy to scare people who don't have uh, even a basic understanding of science. And that's why there's a deliberate reduction in the effectiveness of government schools around a lot of this. But anyway, our next headline, Sky.com, COVID-19, new strain found in Italy, Denmark, Netherlands, Australia, 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 Australia and Gibraltar. Italian officials say they identified the strain in a couple who flew from the UK to Rome. Yeah. Um, I don't think we need to get into that story anymore. Uh, side conspiracy on this, also from the uh, uk. Murder probe top Russian COVID scientist working on vaccine found dead with stab wounds after falling from 14th floor window. Yeah, things, things that happen in Russia, right? A uh, top Russian scientist who was working on a COVID-19 vaccine has been found dead in suspicious circumstances in St. Petersburg. And, you know, I, I, I'm i not going to get into this one anymore. Just know that this is out there and that there's a lot of stuff like that out there. A lot of stories where, well, this is suspicious and this is crazy. And what about this? And someone died mr We, We don't know. A lot of these times that we get or a lot of the, in this past year, the way we've gotten headlines through Corona has been on you know, grains of information blown up with hypotheticals into complete news stories and, and fear mongering headlines. And I don't want to tell my audience, I don't want to tell you that that uncertainty is unreal. Because I can't say that I'm certain about everything. And as, as much as I've been right in predicting stuff and seeing it coming over this last year, I know. Some big unknowns in my future view of the world. Like, where are we going out of there? What's the momentum? When is this going to end? Will it end? Is this just the new reality of governments under the, uh, you know, what we had the age of the global war of terrorism, and now we have the the age of bioterror. And and until we fundamentally change government, this is how it's going to be. until until the end times, Um, more headlines on fear. Of mutations. New strain of COVID 19 is driving South Africa's resurgence. That's APnews.com. So it's not just, hey, there are new strains, but they are driving a resurgence in South Africa, which means they could be driving a resurgence near you soon. Next headline from Wall Street Journal Why are so many Italians dying of COVID 19? Italy thought it could prevent a repeat of spring's tragedy, but the surging death toll suggests otherwise. Uh, Italy, the first non-Asian country hit by the coronavirus pandemic early this year, once again is struggling with one of the world's deadliest outbreaks. Around 611 people are dying of COVID-19 in Italy on an average day behind only Brazil and the U.S. This year, Italy has about 68,900 confirmed deaths from the virus. Now, why do they have to say confirmed there? And I don't, don't want to get too hung up on the language here. But it's like uh doth uh, protest too much, right? Uh, when people say, hey, we, we, these deaths, we don't know. They're not confirmed. They're not, uh, w- w- you know, we don't know if they died from or of or what. But we don't know. And this is another one of the, one of the big part of the uncertainties here. And uh, we'll come back to that when we get into the statistics in a few minutes. But first, as as you knew was necessary here, we're gonna have to get into talking about what's up with the vaccine. And our, our first headline on it is from CNN.com. health. Uh, oh, let's see, <clears throat> this is uh, Alaska allergic reaction coronavirus vaccine. Uh, two Alaska healthcare workers suffer reactions to COVID nineteen vaccine. Yeah, and and. Again, the, the fear mongering. I, I don't know that it's 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 not all in one direction. If, if it was if it was universally be afraid of the virus, the vaccine is totally safe. Be afraid of the virus, the vaccine is totally safe. People would be like, ah, eh, this this really smells like bullshit. But it's not. It's well, be really really afraid of the virus and be so afraid of the virus. You can be brave in the face of the, you know, there are some fears with the vaccine too, and even that uncertainty around it creates a greater hook. As long as there's a, a clear outweighing of the fear of the vaccine with the fear of the virus itself, and that's clear. So there are some headlines and, 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 and that are uh, like, you know, I, and like my, my again practical advice here, if I may, the. Vaccine, uh, d- don't be in the first wave. Uh, this is, uh, it's obviously rushed. There are obviously issues with side effects. I don't think, th- those are indisputable facts at this point. Uh, the question is, do you need it now? And can you wait and maybe wait until there's a safer version? I mean, maybe just a version with less side effects. Uh, and, and some of these allergic reactions, the the actual anaphylactic, response to the vaccine uh, have been pretty limited. It's not like people are, are dropping dead from the vaccine left and right. I mean, it is at least relatively safe. I mean, uh, compared to getting shot in the face. But, you uh, know, the, the vaccine is not, I don't want to say is it not poison, because it, it is. Uh, the, and, and we don't know. The, 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 the common side effects of being laid out for a day after the second shot uh, intense flu-like symptoms for a short duration, things like that. Uh, do we know what, if there are longer-term effects? No. And, yeah, I hate to say that there's a sort of poetic justice or appropriateness to this, but it looks like federal employees are, are going to be um, among the favored class who gets early access to the vaccine. Let's see how it goes with them. All right, I'm not I'm not uh, pro vaccine. I'm not anti vaccine. I'm I'm pro smart vaccines. I'm against this idea that you can make a vaccine now and not face liability if you seriously harm and injure someone with it. And anytime they bake that into the cake about oh here's this vaccine that you might be required to have, uh, and by the way if, if if we maim you or kill you or hurt you somehow with it. Uh, you can't sue us because we say so in advance and government is protecting us from that liability. You go, hmm, yeah, hmm, homie, don't play that, something like that. No, it, 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 at least sit back and, and, and wait before rushing in to get the vaccine, I, I, I would implore you, and, and unless you have some specific reason. And I get it. I can't say this is a universal because there are a lot of people under duress, as we said. But we'll get to that. under duress, we have also from FoxBusiness.com, single Michigan mother of six, fined $1,000 per day for keeping cafe open, a cafe that employs 30 people has defied state restrictions. And this is uh, Michigan's health department, finding a mother of six, $1,000 per day for keeping her cafe open. I hope she, uh, you know, figures out a way to not pay this. And, and there are a lot of people, um, you know who are who are facing these kinds of things to keep their businesses going or their lives going or whatever it is, and I, I don't think any of this is going to hold up in court. And and I, I just uh, before you assume uh, in your own life that there is a threat behind something. If they and if they like if they say well uh, you know we're going to fine you thousand dollars a day for X Y Z. Before you go, well, let me just bow down and say I can't afford that. Well, how much would it cost to have a lawyer to, to, to beat this? Um, how much would it cost to just do this in my business's name and then declare them bankrupt at the end of the uh, threat and then create a new business? And you, you see, there are plenty of ways around don't take these threats as ironclad or, or just exactly what they appear as. Another quick sidebar conspiracy thing here. Brandy Vaughn, anti-vaxxer and founder of Learn the Risk, is found dead. And, yeah, it links in the notes with all of this. If you want to get into this, this is Vaughn, the founder of Learn the Risk, a nonprofit organization she founded in response to one of the nation's first mandatory vaccination for education law, SB 277 in California. And again, the the thing about mandatory vaccines—are they going to mandate these? Well, it's not that we're going to force them on you, so you can't call it a forced vaccination. It's just—well, it's mandatory if your kid goes to a government school. It's mandatory if you're going to ride on a bus. It's mandatory if you're going to get on an airplane. It's mandatory if you're going to go into a DMV and get a driver's license. Mandatory if you're going to go to a concert. That's oh, it's mandatory for your job. You don't have to work here, but yeah, and, and so. There, there are a lot of ways that we're going to get, you know, bullied into uh, taking the vax. So uh, with Vaughn, she's incredibly uh, credible as a former sales rep for Merck, selling biox, a painkiller that was found to double the risk of stroke and heart attacks, as well as her experience living in Europe for eight years, led to the realization that the American pharmaceutical industry doesn't care about health, just about making money. So, uh, yeah, cause of death is unknown at this time. But her young son found her dead, apparently. So uh, who knows what's going on with that? There will be more. Now, remember, I got the test, uh, at a, the blood prick 15-minute uh, result test in, uh, in months ago. And it was uh, supposed to be approved by the FDA and declined at the last minute. Now, We have this headline from APNews.com: Over-the-counter home test for COVID-19 gets U.S. green light. They had to wait until the right people bought them all. Uh, The ones who sent me a test to to promote this as a possibility, so that y'all would know that that this was uh, technically available, uh, was denied, so that they could now allow whoever is going to be benefiting from this. Australian manufacturer Alum. E-L-L-U-M-E, as uh, you may, said it expects to lose 3 million tests uh, next January. Excuse me. Uh, next month for ramp- ramping up of the first half of 2021. Sorry, my screen froze. I'm getting a note from CJ here. It says uh, links to your phone tracked by the government. Yeah, um, right. So, oh, this with this test. Yes. Uh, accounting Spokes, let's see, where is where the links to your phone? That's an important part about, uh, about this is that, yeah, uh, there's, there's, yeah, links to your phone. That's, I mean, that's, yeah. (laughs) All right. Uh, these symptoms, sorry, from Newsbreak, these two symptoms are the first two signs of a COVID-19 infection. And, uh, they, they, just, one is loss of smell and taste. And that, uh, those occur before everything else. So something to actually look out for. It looks like they've got that one sort of scientifically decided. Uh, we've got our guest joining us in just a few minutes, and I still have a few stories to, uh, to get through on our COVID block, believe it or not. Um, but I'll, we'll, we'll go really fast through these. CJ, let me know when our guest is online. <clears throat> From Reuters, majority of small U.S. businesses see worse coronavirus impact still ahead, according to a poll. From CNN.com. Uh, let's see, I'm sorry, this one this one's um uh, not loading on mine.
3: Uh well that's a good segue, Adam. I'll let you know the guest is here. How about that?
0: Oh, okay. Alright, well, we're we're gonna have to split our corona block and come back. I wasn't able to do it. What did I
3: get, like halfway through? Yeah, pretty close.
0: Two thirds of the way through?
3: God damn.
0: Yeah, well so we do have we do have some more critical things we gotta get into with Corona here, but uh Thank you for that, CJ. Let me see, give me a minute here to pull this up and get ready. Before we get to our guest, uh, since we did just do a huge corona blog, let's do a quick check in with Jim, shall we? Mister. Okay. Friedman.
2: All right. Yep. Mr. I'm Friedman, here. I was I wasn't expecting to be on because I know there was a jam packed session you were doing before the guest. Uh, Defense and W regarding the vaxis picks points out if they are immune to lawsuits from the side effects from their vax that is a warning that is a, what you call a red flag right so many red flags yeah definitely uh let's see what we got let me scroll back up here uh christopher said christopher the living man says, "I'm all, I'm all for a good heated debate. What you got that I can disagree with?"
0: <laughs>
2: yeah. uh, go to, go to make them debate <laughs> and check that out. Set it up, yeah. Propose an idea for a debate. That's the, that's the point. That's what you're supposed to do. 10:54 uh, asks a good one. He says, "Any chance you'll have cigars and planetary alignments tonight?"
0: Ooh, we'll right. see. Uh, it's Monday. It's. I'll, I'll probably. I'll, I might. Yeah. I'll have because I have. Uh, I have. I have another phone I can broadcast from. So yeah. yeah we'll see. I'll, I'll, if not, I'll, I will be posting stuff as as I get to it. Um. Like as, as we get pictures and and stuff tonight. I always have fun with that. I got to do. I did a fun little workout video yesterday. Working out outside in the cold. Oh, here. I saw that. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Doing your uh, lunges with the with the bar on your back yeah, yep, that was cool. Uh, real quick here, Christopher also says something about Phoenix here. He says, I hear Phoenix broke their previous 31-year-old record for 144 days over 100 degrees, one whole day over the old record, and that they're blaming climate change for it, LOL. To clear that up, since I live in Phoenix, the the way this is being skewed anyways, in my opinion, I don't know why you're focusing on that record because the real record everybody was talking about around here was the days that were over 110 and that's the one that we we shattered. We shattered that record retardedly so he he might want to look into that more. That's all I want to say on that.
0: Yeah. Well, but Jim, what's the reason you, you you I mean, you don't buy the uh Phoenix because of climate change narrative, do you?
2: Uh I I'm not going to sit here and go on a rant about, you know, climate changes. We're going to be in an ice age, you know, in the next 10 years or whatever. But I think it's foolish to think that humans don't have an impact on increasing the speed of the Earth's natural process, increasing the speed of the Earth, you know, needing to say, okay, this is enough pollution and and correct itself. You know what I mean? Because the Earth is a big enough organism to shake us off like fleas, you know, and then continue living as a planetary uh, object, <laughs> you know. So when we when we do reach that tipping point, whatever it is, I'm not suggesting that we're at, you know, that it would happen in my lifetime. Maybe it will, maybe it won't, you know. But it's going to happen sooner because of humans than it would have if we weren't consciously aware of uh, recycling and and Using solar and et cetera, et cetera, getting rid of fossil fuels and all that. It seems painfully obvious to me and a slap in the face that we're still on fossil fuels right now. Let's just put it that way. So yeah, I do blame humans for climate change. Yeah, it would have happened on its own, but we are definitely speeding it up. We have to. Be. I took a picture of Phoenix the other day. There was a fire going on in the uh, in, uh, off in the distance, right? There was a fire in the distance. I'll put it up here so you can see. But look at the look at that fog in Phoenix. That's not the smoke. That's not the fire.
0: That's just a regular layer of smog. So see, yeah,
2: that's a layer of smog. And you're gonna tell me humans aren't are aren't having an effect on this planet, you know? Yeah, okay. All right. But uh but yeah, that's it. All
0: right. Let's get to our guest then. Ladies and gentlemen. Joining us today is whistleblower Patrick Stupfold. And he has been exposing what's going on in Portland, especially with Ted Wheeler. Uh, Patrick, welcome to the show. How are you doing this morning?
1: I'm doing great. <laughs> um, could, could it be better? Well, I could be a lot better, actually. Um, let me get this right. So, yeah, um, you heard the story first. FTW, get your FTW swag. I would know it. I can say it because, I, well, I used to advise Ted Wheeler and Sam Adams, the former pedophile mayor, and uh Governors, all sorts of people, all the way up to founding members of the Clinton Global Initiative, who run Davos. So I'm their protege who got away. And I can say this because Ted Wheeler caused a racist backstabbing stabbing and uh, almost got me murdered uh, three years well, ago. Yeah.
0: Well, hold on, Patrick, before we get in, I know that this is a, one of those overwhelming stories of like no, like hard to, you know, stuff on the edge of, of credibility. So I want you to establish your credibility first and you know you talk about being your your work with these individuals uh, professionally uh, So, can, can you give your relevant personal background on that and how you came to that professional
1: <laughs> relationship first absolutely so um normally i wear a suit and tie and for anybody who wants to uh check out my work don't listen to me check me out online just google patrick simple or check me out on linkedin uh my references are kind of embarrassing um there's a clip on YouTube, actually, of the granddaughter of J.C. um kind of the billionaire who lives next door hiding in plain sight, Alyssa Kenny Geyer, uh, introducing me on the house floor, reading my resume like I'm the second coming of Jesus Christ. It's <laughs> embarrassing how much these people fought over me and vied for me as their protege. So hmm. I definitely have a resume. And she tried to actually get this band off the Internet. Well, hold
0: on, Patrick, because, Patrick. Uh, me, I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I want to I back up and make sure that, like, Every, like every part of your story, because it's it sort of backed up here. What, like, where were you born, grow up, uh, you know, education, you know, what, and what led you to that point of being fought over? Obviously, you had some academic achievements. It wasn't it was just like, oh, because you're pretty, we want you, we uh, want you to
1: stand here? <laughs> right. Well, yeah, it's a great question. People are often wondering, like, how the hell is is it possible that you're a, a protégé of? leaders of Davos, and you're so willing to say fuck it really well. Um, I'm from Felony Flats, a kind of a crappy neighborhood in Portland, Oregon. Now, Felony Flats is not Compton. I they yeah. think they're hard, but they're not. But it is like the sketchy underbelly of Portland. And I like Felony Flats because um, I grew up in the school of hard knocks with no help from really my family. Uh, but my uncle is, should be noted, the ambassador to Ecuador, who led the charge against Julian Assange. So I grew up kind of like blacklisted out the get go because well my dad kind of was a fan of people like you Adam and so I learned child and felony flats uh, a lot of information about Hillary Clinton from a young age and so it's kind of why my parents split up when I was young and my East Coast family my uncle who's the ambassador to Ecuador they kind of ruined my dad's life and by default kind of ruined my life um so I kind of grew up with a lot of information being downloaded about the cabal, and the elites and the 1%, uh, isolated in felony class growing up in poverty. Um, so it was kind of interesting when years later, uh, when I went to college, uh, well, really, I went to military high school, I'll keep it real. I bounced around from a lot of schools in the sketchy neighborhood, um, kind of a, how would you say it, a rebel, but yet a scholar, always intellectual. Always a sweetheart kid, but I had knives pulled on me in sixth grade, like I, many times, like in felony class, just for being a ginger in a neighborhood that predominantly was not. Uh, you know, it wasn't a white neighborhood, so I grew up with a very hard upbringing, and yet I still had a lot of intellectual um, beliefs, and so I, I chose to go to military high school, and that's really what it all led to. My grandfather was a colonel in the Army, uh, fought in World War II in Korea, Vietnam, and uh, this is one of his dog tags. So I kind of knew that I was a fuck-up in a skater-punk fan of yours <laughs> when I was younger. Mm-hmm. And so shout-out to your video of when you were dancing in the Thomas Jefferson Memorial. Uh, so around the time of, like, what, 2010 or something like that, 2011, 13, I was, like, watching all these kind of things um, as a skater-punk. But um, – I was like, okay, clearly I can't do anything with my life if I don't graduate high school. So I chose to follow my grandfather's footsteps. He went to the Citadel before World War II. Um, And when I was like senior in high school and had five credits to smoke weed all day doing nothing, uh, I was bored. I wasn't intellectually stimulated. So I chose to go to military high school and follow my grandfather's footsteps and well excelled from there. Kind of top of my class. Uh, I would fuck with the military drill instructor's heads just to show them how dedicated that was to... Uh, changing my life for the better, so I just became like militantly perfectionist um, and growth, growth oriented. So that got me noticed by a lot of people in the state of Oregon at a young age. Uh, senior in high school, all of a sudden going to military school, becoming the best candidate cadet, and uh, ultimately going back to Portland public schools with wild accolades. And from there, uh, senior year of high school, I met like the superintendent of the largest school district in the state of Oregon, Cheryl Smith. And I have a letter of recommendation from her to this day. Uh, you can find it online as well. But uh, from there, it's a really small pond in Portland, Oregon. Uh, it's you know when you have a letter of recommendation from the largest school district superintendent in the Northwest, um, and you're already working with her on the budget committee as a student representative, uh, they kind of, like, look for their little token minions that they can promote. Um, because, when, honestly, when they die, they want a protege to protege the hand of baton to you, really. That's how politics works. It's really corrupt. It's really shady. And I know this. And so I'm like, okay, clearly they want me in politics. They want to mold me and groom me. But what they didn't know, Adam, <laughs> what they did not know, is I read The Art of War um, when I was in military high school. And I read a lot of letters from my grandpa, who was a in military. And I figured I'm not going to be a libertarian in Portland politics if I start you know, talking about that out loud. These elites won't allow that. So I kind of just know that enemy, if you know what I mean, kept my mouth shut real tight and allowed them to kind of just throw me opportunities one after another after another, um, being articulate and eloquent. Um, I need to learn how be more concise, of course, but I was pretty articulate and eloquent back then and more concise. I just don't care anymore. Um, <laughs> so they threw me on, the, like they put my face on the side of buses for ad campaigns for the school districts. Um, I was reviewing the budget. Uh, like a board appointed member for the budget committee as a as a high school student, and they asked me to come back as a legitimate full-fledged member uh, when I went on to college. There's a lot of Boston people who kind of like groomed me and mentored me on my way up, and so from there, I got a scholarship to go to the largest college. Yeah, in I just,
0: I just want to point out that like there's that some. I, I, I was thinking that you're being groomed, like you're be you're you are now. So there, and and a lot of people would hear that word and assume. That it means something more hard to believe or, or uh, specific than that, but groomed could just be that you caught the interest of a handful of muckety mucks with some power in in, in Portland who said like, like let's let's build this guy up and keep him on our team and make sure that he's a, a good government operative either as a politician or a bureaucrat and that and you could say well. No, maybe Patrick just was successful on that career path and got the attention of a handful of people who then, you know, helped him out. It, it could be, as, but I, I would say that once they have a, a deliberate effort of, I want this guy to be in some position somewhere to serve my agenda, that's a kind of grooming, and that's a very commonplace phenomenon.
1: Absolutely, Adam. Very well said. And the funniest thing is I still to this day am finding out uh, deep, dark, and bad secrets about the people who I worked with. Like I knew some of the things. Like I knew the granddaughter of J.C. Penney was pretending to be like a a pre driving hippie state legislator. When I went to intern in Salem, uh, when you showed one of the clips earlier from my experience down in Salem, when I went to intern for the granddaughter of J.C. Penney, she doesn't. She didn't want anyone to know who she was. I looked her up, of course. I'm not going to get into politics without looking up who I'm going to intern for. But they clearly didn't look up who I was, or well, not to the degree. I caught their interest big time. But they're kind of mm-hmm. lazy. Like at the top of the pyramid, they're kind of lazy. So I knew a lot more about her than she knew about me. I knew that she was granddaughter of J.C. Penney, but I, in that video, she didn't even know that I knew. It's like three months after I met her. But um, I waited until about four months after I met her to just kind of casually, as we're carpooling out of Salem, Oregon, we happened to drive past the Penney. I'm like staring at the window, and I just casually say, hey, HF, HF, are you your granddad's store?" And dude, oh my God, she brake checked and like interrogated the shit out of me. Like her mask came off like Scooby-Doo in a demon show, and she's like, how did you know this? I'm like, whoa, lady shit, like uh, just on Google, I've been I this for three months, four months now, like. Doesn't everyone else in the car here know this? It, what was her was name?
0: What was her position at the time?
1: So her name is Alyssa Kenny Geyer. And for the people watching, this is like an Edward Snowden moment. Real real, dead-ass, real like on point. I'm ripping the mask off of somebody who does not want you to know who she is. So we're talking about Alyssa Kenny Geyer, and she is the granddaughter of J.C. Penny. And she's she kind of likes to be known as just a little state representative for House District. 46 in Portland, Oregon, and that's actually where I grew up, and so funny story, I was listening to my dad tell me a lot about politics and, you know, telling me the stories of Hillary Clinton, but little did I know on the other side of Mount Tabor, which is a little park mountain in Portland, just on the other side of that mountain, in the same legislative district I was growing up in, was a founding member of the Clinton Global Mischief, so like Beta O'Rourke and people like that, they like to say stupid things like, I was born for this, Nah, you ain't born for shit. Actually, I can skate better than you, Vito, so I'll challenge you to skate at Burnside a day. I bet you can't even drop in at Burnside. But if anybody's born for this shit, it's me. Because I literally like knew all this shit, like isolated in poverty. And then I come to find out like years later, I'm all merit. I become the protege of a founding member of the CGI. And damn it, I'm going to rip the mask off like Stevie D.
0: So what's her bigger racket as a state rep? Like I, I don't mean to be skeptical here, but this it makes a lot of sense that if you wanted to steer government to private yourself, that you know you would want someone uh, as a state rep able to steer legislation to your benefit, either in the budgetary or, or regulatory issues. So what like what what's she really up to? What's the objective of this? I mean, she's already got money. <clears throat>
1: Let me ask you a question to answer that question, Adam. If you were one of the most powerful people in the world, you run the World Economic Forum, and you have billions, you're the granddaughter of James Cashman, um, what do you do with your time to you do anything? What would you choose to do? Would you want Some people to know you're rich? What's up?
0: Something that makes me feel important.
1: Absolutely. These are retiree jobs. It's very well known in Salem that it's always old white people who who are in the legislators? It's a retirement job. When people are bored, they go do something. So she didn't get into the legislature until, well, I don't even know. She's, a, she's older, 60s, I guess. She didn't get into the legislature until her, like, retiree years. So she worked in public health. You want to talk about Dr. Fauci and people like that? This woman actually knows Bill Gates personally and Dr. Fauci and all that. She went to uh, Stanford and the University of Hawaii, and she's in public health. So, what she's really up to, I mean, she, it's just a hiding position. I mean, she gets a lot of clout and she can do things to the legislator, of course. But she runs Davos with her husband, Neil Kenney Geyer. And really, honestly, I'll tell you one thing that she told me personally. She's a globalist. She likes to tinker in everything all around the world, like ripping off Haiti. Her husband wrote the plan to rip off Haiti. I have a photo of them writing it inside the World Economic Forum. So, she's stupid enough to take that photo and put it on Facebook. Again, like I said, some of these globalists are really lazy and sometimes really stupid. Because, well, if you're the most powerful person in the world, a lot of people are afraid to talk to you. I'm a real one. I'll tell you whatever the hell I want to tell you, and I'll tell you. Even the security at Davos was afraid to tell her, "Uh, don't take that photo. you t- you might be taking photos of bad shit." Well, to, to quote, um, what's his name, Peter Schweizer, and who else, master uh, Souza. They did a great documentary called Clinton Cash about the ripping off of Haiti. It was a segment about the ripping off of Haiti in Clinton Cash. I'd love to do a Clinton Cash 2.0 with some people like that because they don't even know who wrote the plan to rip off Haiti. And guess what? I got the photo of them writing that shit from inside Davos because people are they put things on Facebook. And security of Davos, like I said, were too afraid to even tell that woman, uh, don't do that. So um, one, th- one last thing I want to say is, like, for anybody who does not believe what I'm saying, look up Mercy Corps and Neil Kenny Dyer. He got exposed and Spartan kicked out of Mercy Corps, which is the largest NGO in the world, a few years ago for covering up Epstein-level connections. Uh But I'll stop there. If you it.
0: Well, all right, so, Patrick, how does this get us to Ted Wheeler?
1: Great question. <laughs> it, it's a crazy story because, like I said, I know all these people. Um, I met Ted Wheeler when I was in Salem in 2013. He was the state treasurer back then. I actually kind of knew him elliptically before that even. He was just a little county commissioner. Um, so, of course, jumping around here, I've worked with people bigger than Ted Wheeler. Like I said, the founding members of the Clinton Global Initiative, who run the World Economic Forum, who hide in plain sight. So Ted Wheeler and Schiffen. I know who I've advised. I know the class that I've had. I don't give a shit about you, Ted Wheeler. You may be a millionaire and a timber heir to afford timber money, but I don't care. Again, Ted Wheeler is just like a listening guy or to a degree. He has hella money. He trusts on David. He doesn't know what to do with his life. So he just chooses to do something that makes his family looking forward. Oh, yeah, we're billionaires. Uh, I guess I should get married. We should continue the family arrogance and uh, get a position somewhere. <laughs> I love that photo. So, yeah. I know Ted because, well, worked in politics. And um, I kind of like Ted. Or I used to. He's more rational than some of the insane people who are in government here. And a lot of even Republicans like Ted Wheeler. Really. Well, this is because big problem uh, when I had to completely turn on Ted Wheeler. Ted Wheeler it the racist terrorist attack in 2017. Um, now, that's that's volatile language. I know some people are like, what? What are you talking about? Well, back it up to the Jeremy Christian Max Frank stabbings. Um, well, you can back it up even. Further to enter Joey Gibson's Patriot Prayer, um, in 2017 they were going to be marching through the Lyskena Guys district, and this is a, you're seeing on screen right now. The guy was stabbed in the neck in this racist uh, terrorist attack, Michael Fletcher. I made this interview happen on the Oregon Voters Digest, and that's the interview that no news agency in Portland wants you to actually watch or hear because it damns Ted Wheeler. Ted Wheeler tried to blame Patriots for the, for the max stabbing and tried to say this guy named Jeremy Christian stabbed people was. Uh, Indeed, a patriot. No, he wasn't. He was a Bernie Sanders supporter. And uh, Ted Wheeler tried to politicize the whole stabbing, and he tries to use the words of Mike Fletcher. Well, that backfired because I actually called Mike Fletcher and said, Hey, man, you're a real one like me. I work with high level people, um, and I know Ted Wheeler and Kate Brown and all these people. And they're trying to use your face and your story to blame patriots. And I'm not left to right. I'm politically calm, I'm a whistleblower, I'm a unifier. I looked at the issues, but I knew it wasn't Joey Gibson. And so I'm like, what do we do about this, Micah? So Micah Fletcher, a um, gentleman who was stabbed in the neck in his attack, he gets on TV and uh, blames Ted Wheeler explicitly. And this is the big key. Ted Wheeler is the mayor of Portland, Oregon. Everybody should know that by now. But more importantly, this is the key that most people don't know. In Portland, Oregon, our system of governance is so messed up that the mayor is also the police commissioner. Yeah I, I, yeah, I just said that the mayor is the police commissioner. Also, unfair. right? Can you imagine how corrupt that could be? So not only corruption, but if I don't like you, I'm going to send to pop that. If I'm the mayor, that's what he can do. But, but the, the scariest thing is the stand down orders. Terrell is so stupid that he lets like crazy people run around. And Jeremy Christian, bless his heart. I don't attack anybody with mental health I'm an advocate for mental health and addiction therapy and all that kind of stuff, but. You can't let certain people who have a rap sheet longer than your leg, a violent rap sheet, continue to walk the streets. This guy, Jeremy Christian, you're seeing on the screen, literally attacked bouncers at strip clubs with baseball bats and is on video stabbing people in the shoulders. But the cops never arrested him. So anyways, into 2017, when Joey Gibson was marching down the street through a list Ken and Guy's district, I did a speech of Solidarity. At, at, you know, um, hey Patrick, I'm
0: so, I'm sorry to interrupt, man. I'm getting a lot of that noise in the background. It sounds like some uh, someone like trying to talk over you.
1: Sorry, I'm over here at Union Station, so there's like a lot of random people talking in the background here. Okay, we just got a little loud there for a while, but go ahead. So I'll try to keep it more concise. Um, 2017, Ted Wheeler ordered a stand down. Uh, so so broad that crazy people were allowed to walk the streets. And this gentleman, Jeremy Christian, ends up threatening me because I did a speech at a unity march on prison reform. I tried to get Antifa and the Patriots to kind of stop yelling at each other and just talk about some libertarian issues, maybe smoke a piece once and talk about prison reform. Well, that got all sidetracked when Jeremy Christian shows up at this march, waving a baseball bat, yelling the N-word, uh, just inciting a riot almost. It was crazy. Trying to sigh out the Patriots, with racist, trying to challenge Antifa into a fight. And I'm over here trying to, like, build bridges. And I'm like, crap, now this all looks like a racist march. I can't deal with this. And he threatens me. Jeremy literally threatens me explicitly. And I'm like, okay, I'm I, I'm not, like, I'm not a cop caller, but somebody's got to arrest this guy. Like, when you grow up in felony class and you know there's certain levels of crazy you don't mess with, um, that's that's immediately what I knew. And I was like, somebody needs to arrest this dude and kill somebody. I just knew that. But they didn't arrest him on the spot at first Joe Gibson and I have video of me asking the cops, i are going to take this dude off the streets and kill somebody. They didn't do it because of Ted stand standouts. Anyways, a month goes by, or like a couple weeks since that march, and he starts hunting me down and forth, uh, explicitly threatening me online. And again, this is reported in the Oregonian newspaper. I actually did an article with Oregonian. Uh, they did some FOIA requests on my behalf of the police department. They asked, did Patrick actually call this in? Yeah, um, indeed I did. I called him in like a month before this racist stabbing happens. And I reported that he was hunting me uh, online, saying he's looking for me in person. Uh, he wanted to kill me. So I'm like extremely traumatized. And, excuse my language, but I'm not a, I'm not a pussy. But at the same time, I'm traumatized because I knew he was real and he was going to kill me. I knew he was hunting me for a month. And then I got traumatized, extremely worse, in retrospect, when I indeed found out that my calls weren't heated and he killed people in the most horrific stabbing in recent history. So... Concisely what happens is I, I call the cops, nothing happens because Ted Wheeler's standout orders. And many police have said they knew about Jeremy, they wanted to take him off the streets, but Ted Wheeler would not let them. So when they didn't listen to my calls, that was one thing. There's many other people he threatened. Many other people he threatened. And the cops stood down because of Ted Wheeler, the police commissioner. And so you're watching right now the, the stabbing attack. Uh Micah Fletcher uh, my friend gets up in his face and says, dude, get off this train, you drunk, crazy racist. Because what happened is this drunk, crazy racist gets on the train and yells these racist slurs and rants at these two black girls. And it goes off for like a couple minutes, and eventually some people enter and say, dude, get the racist rants off the train. And he wasn't listening to these people. So Michael Fletcher stands right in his face and says, You're going to get off this train. I'm going to push you off this train. And so, some things happen. Well, pushing, and pushing happens, um, and then Michael Fletcher gets stabbed in the neck. Like, he has a scar that looks like he almost got his head chopped off on his. He's lucky mm-hmm. he didn't get stabbed more than once. He was bleeding out the this uh, carotid artery by inch or millimeter or something. But uh, two other people jump up to defend Michael Fletcher after he was stabbed in the neck. And they immediately just get stabbed, like, college, duty shit, like, face, neck, brain, head. Like two graphic human even explain. Slash stab. It show. And these two black girls who were just harassed by this crazy guy, are sitting there in horror, because they didn't know if they were going to be next, or who was going to be next. He just stabbed some dude in the neck, Micah, and they thought he was dead at that point. They didn't know it was going. It happened so fast. Like Micah gets stabbed in the neck, and then two people jump up to defend hand and they get stabbed to death instantly. Like, 10 stabs each in the whole face like neck area. Um, and that's all preventable. It's the most horrifying stabbing attack in recent history. And that's why I do call it the most racist uh, terrorist attack in recent history. And I know those girls because I know Pastor Minweather,' He's one of the most boss OG past black pastors in Portland. He runs a recovery center. And Pastor Miniweather um, is respected in Black Portland. But when his granddaughter got attacked by Jeremy Christian, and she told the truth about how it was Ted Withers' fault. Ted Weather tried to ruin Pastor Minnieweather's life, kicked him out of his own organization because they control people with grant money. And, uh, well, Luckily, Pastor Minyweather said, "Through that, I'm gonna go start my own club." So, Pastor Minyweather's granddaughters were on that train. So, I'm friends with Pastor Minyweather. I'm friends with Michael Fletcher, the stabbing victim. I'm even friends with Sneak Dog's uncle, who has a restaurant four blocks away from where the stabbing happened. So, I thought, yeah, hey, you so, want to
0: talk about this? This is oh, switching gears for a second. This is a totally different yeah. incident with. Uh, Snoop Dogg's Uncle's Restaurant in Portland, Rio's Ribs, right?
1: Yeah, so um, jumping back to current news, Rio's Ribs was just firebombed by some crazy racist terrorists. I don't know who did it, but it looks like some crazy chick. Uh kind of rogue back to the foot. And I know a lot of people on all sides, so I'm not talking shit. I'm just saying y'all out there who are on block side, need to get those motherfuckers who just burnt down Rio's Ribs. So I put well, Hold else. on a second. I,
0: I want. I mean, I, a lot of a lot yeah. of the terminology is is somewhat sensationalist, and every time you know you you say racist, terrorist, whatever, it's like, well, does it does it qualify as that? And, and always all these you go, yeah, uh, but it sounds like in in something like this, there are more political and personal motivations than racist motivation. Not that there isn't racism involved, or but it doesn't seem like the motivating factor. Am I misunderstanding
1: that? Yeah, you definitely are. Uh, because I don't like people either who use volatile words. And mind you, like, I have the recommendations for all these elites. I'm very poised and eloquent, and I don't use volatile language. So you gotta ask the question, why does a guy wearing a suit and tie with all the letter for recommendations of these elites, uh, start <laughs> trying to fuck Ted Wheeler really has photos and start talking volatile? Because it's all real. It's that real that it pissed off a real one like me, and now I'm wearing fucktail really hats and hoodies instead of a suit and tie, and I'm just calling it how it is, face to face. So really, when you have a crazy racist dude yelling at two black girls on a train, uh, look at read the audio transcripts yourself, or, or, or watch the video yourself. You can hear him yelling hella racist stuff. And no, no, hold when on. But some... but the, setup, the setup, to that. I'm not saying.
0: And and the same thing with the rest restaurant. Yeah. Like that the individuals carrying it out weren't acting alone. You know, if if I grab a racist and put him in front of someone and convince him to attack them because I don't like the guy because he's a threat to me politically, I'm using a racist to con- to commit what is fundamentally more a politically motivated attack because I'm the one behind
1: it. I see. You see how
0: I'm just separating yeah, those concepts?
1: Yeah, I see what you are saying. My bad, I misdescrewed that. Yeah, so I guess what you're alluding to is the question is did Taylor really have a role in this? I don't know, but it's very convenient because everybody uh, knows that I had called the granddaughter J.C. Penney before Joey Gibson wanted to have a Patriot March. And I told Alyssa Kinnegar, to hey, this is guy, Joey Gibson, I think he's a libertarian. I think I'm going to go check it out and march with him and see if I can build bridges on prison reform. And I, so I had told her before this whole march where Jeremy Christian first shows his face. So it was very weird that she didn't show up to the march. She's a leader of Davos. Well, the, she does like global psyops. Like her husband was in Benghazi. He's on video with Ronan Farrow bragging about sowing the seeds of chaos, hoping they would revolt in Benghazi before Benghazi fell. Deadass. Look it up. So they do psyops on a global level. This family, Kenny kind of Gyar family. And Jeremy Christian himself, when he threatens me on the Internet, says in a heated rage because I was trolling him. Uh, he says, I was a psyop. Well, let's fast forward to Project Veritas when they said, or when they had people on video saying, we pay crazy people to do things all the time. Yeah. That's a fact. Look at Project Veritas' video where they had, I like a high level DNC guy. He says, on video, we pay crazy people to do things. So when Jeremy Christian says, on Facebook, threatening me, that he was a psyop, was he really just said crazy rambling, or was he trying to like egotistically, uh, flaunt, uh, that he wasn't crazy? I'm not crazy. I was a PSYOP. Like, yeah, you are crazy, bro. But maybe you were a PSYOP. Like, you're telling us that explicitly. Why? So, one thing about Ted Wheeler and and the, the march I was talking about. So, I had already warned Alyssa or this club list that there was a new march. And instead of saying I posted, I said I'm gonna go check it out. Um, and I did. And she wasn't there, but Ted Wheeler was. Ted Wheeler shows up to this march. And gets cussed out of the park. He thought he was going to have a grip and gram photo op with uh, Antifa. And no, they cussed him out of the park. Fuck you, Ted. It was hella funny. It's on my Instagram. You can see the video on my stories. Suit anti-skater guy. And uh, so he disappears, though. Ted Wheeler gets cussed out of the park and disappears with his cop buddies. Literally, like, two minutes before this crazy racist walks into the park, sucking up all the media attention. It's like a vacuum. Ted Wheeler just dips out real quick, and this crazy guy shows up, waving a bat, yelling the N-word. They even had him wearing a flag on his back, and just like I had been wearing. So I'm like, what? Are you trying to make us all look like racists and terrorists? You can't do that to me. I work with Ted Wheeler, Alyssa Kenny Geyer. If you go and try to make me look like a racist, and I'm their protege, well, then I'll march on their house and and call them out for that shit, because you're not going to psyops me. So, yeah, man, um, a lot of these things have happened. The max stabbing and, more recently, the burning of Rio's ribs last month. And so it is very sensationally sounding. Um, but check it out. The reason why Rio's ribs connects to this max stabbing, Snoop Dogg's uncle, is because I thought to myself on a highest level, how are we going to break the back of these cover-ups? How are we going to expose these globalists when they have a tight-knit iron fist grip on every single news channel, every single politician, it's a real tight, tight-knit group. It's an interlocking directorate. And I was lucky to even infiltrate it and get in there. But I got blacklisted because I called out the fact that I could be dead because of lying Ted. And by the way, will the real lying Ted please stand up?
0: Uh, I'm also going to
1: have, like, lying Ted uh, shirts. <laughs> will the real lying Ted yeah, much, stand up? Yeah, which
0: lying Ted is more destructive in power right now? Well. Uh, Patrick, before we get to kind of wrapping things up with that, you know, bigger picture understanding, because a lot of this,
1: you know, a a lot. What's that? It's a bit confusing for those who aren't familiar with
0: it. Well, yeah, I know. And and if you really want to understand Patrick's story fully, you're going to have to do some research on on some of these players. And, I I mean, for me to see, you know, names and faces and, and to be able to read through all that might get me a better understanding but i mean, I look at this, and it's it, what you're offering is a rare insight to a relatively common phenomena of political corruption at the state and local level in America, right? I mean, none of no, this is like oh, and that's why Portland, Oregon, is uniquely screwed up. no, this is like there you, you know you get a, you a, apply the analysis of this. A Patrick story with these players in Oregon, with Ted Wheeler, and you. Well, what if, if I had that insight? How much better would I understand things in my area, or the nature and texture of government corruption as a whole? So, but Patrick, qu- quick sidebar question here, just since you might have some insight to this: the fires that were set in Oregon. Uh, or the wildfires that were going on in Oregon uh, earlier this year. Any sense of uh, political motivation or arson with those? Have you looked into that?
1: Big time. That was answer uh, Now, can I really say that out loud? Well, I dare a group of or an ideology to sue me. I dare just an ideology to sue me for saying that, but they ain't going to sue me because it's true. Um, I, I move in many circles, uh, Adam, and I, I'm respected by a lot of hard-ass people on all sides. Um, because I'm a whistleblower, I became homeless. My own family kicked me out because, again, I'm going to blow the whistle on my own damn uncle, who is the ambassador to Ecuador, and my family knows that because he's been involved with bad shit. He was in the room in Bigazi happened. He was in the room, but well, this that's a whole other story. Like I said, I grew up in felony class isolated, because I'm a real one and my mom's side of the family does not want me being a whistleblower stand with people like Julian Assange. So I got kicked out this May and like became homeless. And I said, fuck it, I'll go protest. And so I became friends with a lot of people in front of the Justice Center. Every single thing uh, you've seen about the Justice Center in Portland, the protests, I've been in the middle of all of it. So I know a lot of anti I know a lot of Black Lives Matter leaders. And they're not the same. They're, they're, there's a lot of different feelings between all different groups about all sides. So that needs to be clear. Some Antipas hate Black Lives Matter. Black Lives Matter hates Antipas. Some of them are cool. Some of them are not. It's very mixed bag. And then you have guys like me who are like the John Wick Peace Hotel because I'm a solidarity guy. I move in all these different groups and I attack the issues we agree upon. That's why I'm not fucked with and that's why I'm cool with everybody. But I draw a hard line on some things, like the people who burnt down Rio's ribs. Rio stood with me and, and the stabbing victim against Ted Wheeler. And the news didn't cover that. So the fires this summer, I do believe, are related to the same kind of action that happened at Rio's Rips. Kate Brown, this this is connected to the macro and the micro. Agenda 21, they want to literally take a lot of the minerals in the western states. That's why they attacked the Bundys so hard when the Bundys actually tried to take over Mm -hmm. the Maui Refuge, because they were trying to economically starve out anybody who was in any kind of rural area because if you look at the, the macro, connect the macro to the micro, the local issues are not isolated in, a, in, in an echo chamber or a vacuum. They are connected. So when you see the, the almost the UN forces attacking the small band of patriots in Eastern Oregon, it's because they wanted to strip mine in Harnie County for Uranium One. Check out Uranium One. Look at the documents. I've read them all. And it's connected to the Kenny family and, and the globalists at the top that I know. So... The fires this summer are just like how they attacked Dwight and Stephen Hammond in the eastern Oregon. They were the last land in the area on top of the huge uranium deposits. They needed to get rid of those ranchers. And they had successfully gotten rid of every single ranching family in the eastern Oregon area near Dwight and Stephen Hammond. They were the last stand, the last family that had not sold out to the Bureau of Land Management. What was the Bureau of Land Management going to do with all that land after all the families had gone? Probably hmm, maybe sell uranium to Russia. Uranium One, check it out, look it up, not joking. So the fires this summer, uh, think of it as a proxy war. Kate Brown, uh, Kate Brown's brown shirts, if you will, goes around and starts lighting fires uh, in all their political opposition's uh, hometowns. Notice that you didn't see fire bombings uh, around Kate Brown's neighborhood. You didn't. See, well, you did see a firebombing at Ted Wheeler's neighborhood and his house this summer. But that's because everyone hates Kendrick really. and even Antifa hates Kendrick. All right. Well, but Patrick, you're on Think about it as Soros' armies.
0: So jumping ahead to that big picture then, you're the founder of Millennials for Solidarity. What are you doing with that
1: and what are you hoping to achieve? So really what I'm trying to achieve is, for one, I want to raise money so that we can bring people together and actually tackle these issues on a higher level, on a higher platform. I'm honestly grateful that I'm on your show because, like I said, I learned all of this um, global corruption as I was a secret fan of yours. So to meet you on my own marriage years later, and not just be a fanboy, it's actually pretty dope. So what Millennials of Solidarity is though? segue to that, is we build bridges on the tough issues that politicians ignore. I walked away from the highest civil people in politics because of the Bundy standoff. I said you should be shaking hands with them on prison reform, take round, but you're attacking them. That don't make sense. I'm gonna go stand with them on the issues. So that's initially how I founded Millennials of Solidarity in the very living room of the granddaughter of JC Penny on her couch. (laughs) She wanted, she wanted me to focus on, uh, more cute things like humans in New York, take somebody's photo and do a bio about them. But I'm like, no, I'm gonna, no, I wanna, I want the real meat. I wanna actually sit down with people and tackle the issues. So I founded Millennials of Solidarity because I, I do believe that the buddies were, were railroaded. And that kind of like got me blacklisted big time. Because they did not want me standing with their, their, their not only just political opposition, but rednecks with guns. And I'm like, nah, I'm going to do that. And not only am I going to do, do that, but I'm going to get Black Lives Matter to stand with the Bundys. And three years later, you notice Ammon Bundy said he supports Black Lives Matter. Who do you think made that happen? I made a call. I said, hey, they made you look racist because you didn't have black people at the refuge. I'm like, friends like, with all those
0: guys. To see the kind of race baiting. you got to play defense, with. Uh, it's it's so frustrating. But Patrick, I just want to give you a chance to promote your website. What's the website? How can people get in touch with you if they want more about your story or they want to get involved with Millennials for Solidarity?
1: Yeah, so we're going to be doing a lot of stuff soon. We're going to be marching on the malls because Kate Brown allows Victoria's Secret, an Epstein-connected store, to be running Fedofilefronts in the mall. Uh, but she wants to run Ruin Christmas. So Millennials for Solidarity, um, check me out. On, we do have a site, but it's not really up yet. So check me out on YouTube, Millennials for Solidarity. A lot of our videos are being shadow banned, but you're going to love what you see. Um, but also, Sue Anti, guy on Instagram, you can hit me up there, or Patrick Stupel on Facebook and Twitter. Twitter. Twitter has just suspended me, actually, though, because I called out a local news station for covering up Epstein level work that I'm doing, Epstein mm-hmm. whistleblowing. I'm actually advising and working with Virginia Dufresne on Twitter. My um, top tweet on Twitter is me and Virginia um, calling out the local mayor, Sam Adams, who's a pedophile. So a couple key things real quick. If anybody wants to help uh, donate to the work that we do, you can hit me up at cash app PDX 777. It's greatly appreciated because the work that I do is really hard being a homeless whistleblower. Uh, But again, we're going to be starting to march on mansions, Cape Brown's mansions. We're going to be challenging them to shut down Victoria's secret because why is she shutting down Christmas tree lightings and black church Christmas services? But we're allowed to go patronize the pocketbook of geopolitical pedophiles like Leslie Wexner Epstein's donor who runs Victoria's Secret. So, we're going to challenge Kate Brown. Shut down all pedophile fronts in the mall now, or we're going to march in your house. And you're going to get Patriots, Black Lives Matter, and everyone swinging or a rhetorical baseball bat at you if you don't. So, those are some fun things to look forward to. You can get exclusive gear, fuck Ted really Wheeler Hats and Buddies if you want. Awesome. Hey,
0: Patrick, thank you so much for joining us today. I really appreciate it. We'll be checking in with you, and we'll uh, be hearing from you. As you, uh, as you get your organization more underway.
1: Cool. Appreciate it, man. Thanks, Patrick.
0: All right. Let's check in with our co-host, comment Jim Freedom. He's got just a minute before he's got to check out for the day. Check in with our audience on some comments. Mr. Freedom. What's that was, going on? That was, man, that was an interesting, several rabbit holes like packed into one. I hope everybody got that you know, insight of, you know, this is how this, I don't want to say this is how the sausage is made, that's almost too cliche, but this is, this sort of common bullshit behind state and and local level uh, corruption as it connects to, you know, these sort of bigger picture agendas
1: that we talk about on the show.
2: Yeah, yeah, that was a lot to process and I hadn't, uh, I don't know anything about the, uh, the burning down of that place. I hadn't read anything about that, so, it's hard to comment on, I think, personally. As far as comments go, uh, there's just some ones from earlier. Coco, Steve, Cacao Steve
3: was <laughs> wanting to ask
2: you from earlier. I don't know which one it is, so I usually just say both. But when you were talking about your testing, uh, what you got to go through to go to Hawaii, he said, that's crazy. Uh, he said, isn't there an antibodies test where you can get a test just to see, even if you are negative, you can test to see if you had it in the past, you know?
0: So this is one of the just bullshit issues around the tests, right? Because the prick test that I keep, I just call it the prick test because it's it's the blood prick. You prick your finger, you get a little piece of blood on a test strip, you put a sterile solution on it, and it pushes your blood sample across these areas where there are reactive uh, formulas on the test strip to tell you, one, if you have the active virus, It it has two strips. Two lines that can be activated by this, right? And I mean, I forget the details. It's like a home pregnancy test, right? You put your you put your pee on the thing, and then it changes color, right? And it's uh, pretty simple and straightforward operationally how it works. And I think they say you want. I think it, it was, they called it a 45-minute test. It's not 15 minutes because they want you to wait. Uh, like it, it's pretty clear in 15 minutes, and you can do the. The actual prick in the test in about two minutes if you if you you know know what you're doing, and they they can tell you both if you have the one line is for active virus DNA or RNA, and the other script is for antibodies. It says you may have had it in the past. And with our test, uh, you know, I tested negative for both. And you know, if even just based on the hype, I mean, I might I don't I don't know if I, I would like to take a test once a week if it was $2 for something like that. And that's probably what it should cost. You should be able to get it in the mail. just Anyway, so uh, the fact that the tests that I'm going for, to, for all these bigger, well, you got to prove this or prove that or, you know, for your job kind of thing or, to you know, permission to travel to Hawaii, I'm like, no, this is some bullshit. There's some there's some major restriction on what they're allowed to do, or what's allowed to be produced, or what's FDA approved, and that's why like the uh, the over the counter test, you know now well now they've got someone who's going to profit from it. Now they've got it connected to your cell phone. All right, now we can release that to the public. Uh, mm-hmm. Oh, but now there's a new strain, and it's not relevant anyway. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Uh, there's so much manipulation and there's so many little things that you go, wait a second, doesn't that just unravel the whole thing? It's like it's, it's it's a sweater of bullshit threads with loose ends sticking out all over the place. You can pull any one of them and the whole thing as a narrative just falls apart. Why was Adam able to get a test kit months ago? I forget, was it March or April where he was able to know within an hour was he bo- you know, that he was negative for both antibodies and the virus and yet now he's trying to go out and get one to go to Hawaii and can't even schedule a fucking appointment like uh, something's wrong here There's nothing, that make sense
2: And eventually you, you got more things- money If you got more money, you could probably find a way to skip the line and, and get tested whenever you feel the whim. You know, but that's you know, rich people. Uh, low key, two oh nine checks in this weekend. I saw a store limiting only four people inside. I've seen a couple do that myself as well. There's you taking the test. Mm-hmm. Uh, he said, uh, "Back to low key." He says the wait was one and a half hours. Could have been longer depending on the customers. I just walked out of the store with at least ten people. I think I got the Rona. <laughs> <laughs> Christopher says that BitChute has a good audience these days. Is that one of the new ones we're going to be trying to get on to?
0: Yes, definitely. Yes, we we are really excited. Uh, and, and you know, we've been in this new version of Adam versus the Man, or there's some working towards this current version for the past year, I think since February we started with, uh, or January, as we started with Donald Trump's, um announcement for a national state of emergency, and we're taking on our brother, my brother Alden Kukas is look and I don't want. I don't want to like. Uh, I'm really excited about this. I don't want to say more publicly than I'm supposed to at this point, but he is going to be joining our team, and it looks like he is going to be dedicated to distribution of content. So that's going to make sure that we hopefully. I mean, my dream is that I can produce this show. And it's valuable enough one way or another that it's worth someone going, let's get this content everywhere that people want to consume it and make the most money from it everywhere. We're not at that point yet. And, and CJ, CJ calculated that YouTube, even with the views they've allowed us to get has ripped us off to the tune of $80,000 this year. Um, and that's not, Hey, we were making a million dollars a year on YouTube and now we're making $920,000 a year on YouTube. No, that's, uh, we've been making a few hundred dollars a month and it should be something more like a few thousand dollars a month based on the views they allow us to get on YouTube. And that, that, that's a major struggle. I, you know, we don't have outside funding. We, you know, we depend on you, the active and engaged audience. And now we're at that critical mass where it looks like we got another core team member production assistant coming on for
2: distribution. So I'm really
0: excited about that starting in January.
2: Me as well. That's going to be awesome. Uh, Mary Wildfire, lastly, before I get going, she's upset that we're taking three days off. She says,
0: no. (laughs) What am
2: I going to do for three days from 12 to (laughs) 2? And she says, Merry Christmas. Hope it's a good one. So you as well, Mary. Awesome.
0: Thank you. Thank you so much. And tomorrow, remember, big show tomorrow as a fun uh, send-off for the holiday uh, as a nothing but positive news. So in order to do that, Jim, we got to finish covering all the shit in the world. I think I'm just gonna like read through headlines for the next 15 minutes and then sign off. So we'll see what I've got piled up here, shall we? Good times. All right, to finish off the Corona block for the day, and my screen froze, which is perfect. I'm not gonna be distracted. I'm gonna read. Tunnel vision here. CNN.com. Why it's crucial that news outlets get it right when covering adverse coronavirus vaccine reactions. Yeah, as the largest vaccination program in American history gets underway. underway Incidents in which some people have allergic reactions will undoubtedly pop up. And that presents a complicated task for newsrooms. On one hand, an adverse reaction to a new vaccine is newsworthy. But on the other hand, news orgs risk saturating coverage with stories about isolated incidents that might give the public the wrong impression about the safety of the pfizer slash BioNTech vaccine and others that eventually receive emergency use approval. Where the hell was this voice of reason when it came to saturating news coverage with stories about isolated incidents about the virus itself? Well, we had this freak occurrence here. Oh, my God. Now, don't be afraid of the vaccine. Be afraid of the virus. Next, from Los Angeles, CBS local COVID-19 creating mental health crisis for children, experts say. And, uh, you know, we got to, we, we teased this story ahead from yesterday, uh, just very disturbing news that uh, suicide is now the leading cause of death for children ages 10 to 14 in Ohio. This is from ODH. Uh, CJ skipping away in the pile here. It's a news5cleveland.com. Uh, but, yeah, that's that's a pretty big measure of the negative effect this is having on kids. And, I, oh, man, I hate to say it, I told you so, but when that number is I, – I, I hope you don't mind me saying I told you so when the effect of not listening to me was that now we have a suicide epidemic among America's youth. I just – like, sorry, I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. And I, I – I, it's not me. I don't mean to make this personal. Like, I told you so. Because there are other libertarians, there are other pundits, there are other analysts who knew to question the coronavirus narrative from the beginning. And if we as a whole had listened to those voices earlier on in this crisis, we wouldn't be at this point where we see like this headline from CBS uh, L.A. Educators and therapists say the pandemic has created a serious mental health crisis for students for nine months. Dr. Veronica Brown, principal of Manchester Avenue Elementary School in South L.A., has been unable to hug her students or even see them in person. And uh, she has seen more pains. I I just keep going. But uh, there is uh, an LAUSD, Los Angeles Unified School District hotline for counselors and psychologists daily for students. Um, And uh, I, I guess I should point out here, more importantly, California Youth Crisis hotline. 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 1-800-843-5200. And, yeah, it is in places like California where you have governor like Newsom, where you have like New York, not because they are major population centers, but because of their particularly disgusting strain of statism, as you have these major lockdowns and these uh, you know over-the-top crises of the cure being worse than the disease. Now, there's... Uh, Side political story here from Politico.com. We want them infected. Trump appointee demanded herd immunity strategy. Emails revealed and then HHS science advisor Paul Alexander called for millions of Americans to be infected as means of fighting COVID-19. Um, I don't, I, I, more palace entry. Politico.com. Trump officials interfered with CDC reports on COVID-19. And this is actually – so this is more the bigger relevant story in this. The politically appointed HHS spokesperson and his team demanded and received the right to review CDC scientific reports to health professionals. Yeah, and and so here the the general – I mean, I read through most – no, I think I read this entire story. And it was a lot of stupid sort of political uh, hinting Oh well, they did this to make it look worse because they're bad and they're Republicans or they made it to make this look better. And and it was was a pro-Trump narrative that they were really trying to get through there. Surprise, surprise. Now, as to the uh, mutation fears, I got to include this headline in our pile today from Daily Star. New COVID-19 strain features 17 mutations sparking fears vaccine won't work. Yes, vaccines are specifically genetically coded, and they only apply to a specific strain or virus, obviously, there's some variability in all of that, but they are based on the DNA or RNA of what their, their target. So the uh, the new variants feature 17 alterations to the original coronavirus, turning many of them to the virus's spike protein, which vaccines are being developed to target. Yeah, so this is this is the fear that they could keep this going indefinitely with new strains and Variations and now the vaccine doesn't work, and blah 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 blah. Uh, but yeah, that's be, be ready for this. And I just be ready to fight the fear because that's what really this crisis is focused around. It's, it's a crisis of fear more than anything else. Uh, Yahoo.com Fauci won't be seeing his kids this Christmas, and he wants everyone to do the same. So they're going to hold him up as the example who's probably not seeing his kids for other reasons. Um, But they're holding him up as the example in contrast to all of the other officials and experts who are just contradicting their own advice.
2: Speaking of which,
0: even in California, and this headline is from the 17th last week, two strip clubs can stay open and set own COVID rules, California judge rules. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, so strip clubs like cannabis dispensaries and liquor stores, they're exempt because if we took those away from people, they go totally crazy. We can take away their incomes. We can make their lives miserable. But if we take away these animalistic pleasures, no, let's not do that. Two CDS strip clubs can remain open and make their own determinations about providing a safe environment for dancers and patrons during the pandemic. A judge ruled Wednesday the decision – dealt a setback to Governor Gavin Newsom's health order that calls for such establishments to be shuttered. So just to connect this to the earlier point, uh, before you decide not to fight something, really evaluate what it means and what the costs might be of fighting versus not fighting and do the math. You know, people ask me, you know, why are you so brave and able to do this and that with civil disobedience? And it's not that I'm brave. It's just that I have more confidence in my calculations of risk and reward. And so do better calculations. Take the time to question your premises. And you see, maybe you're covered in this. You know, maybe somebody else has already fought this in one precedent. Because this is for businesses with restaurant services. Judge Wolffield said it applies to San Diego County businesses with restaurant services, including strip club and that it exempts them exempts them from shutdowns and any related orders that bar live adult entertainment and go beyond protocols that are no greater than essential to controlling the spread of COVID-19. Now, this is, uh, like, hilarious in terms of what they're saying is carved out as allowed when you step back to the bigger picture. They, they operated for five weeks under the pandemic under their own safety measures, which included keeping strippers 15 feet from tables because you know when you sneeze you can project uh, the coronavirus uh, up to six feet but when you tweet it it's got more like a a 15 foot radius that needs to be respected right allowing no more than one stripper per stage and requiring them and other employees to wear masks and you know even though they bent over backwards and why did they do this their customers wanted it more than anything I mean I, I maybe maybe not uh, all of them, but that there were significant numbers of people who said, yeah, this is a business that I am going to go to and patronize going to these extents. And now this that's San Diego County, California, but who knows, maybe that can be used uh, by the exact same legal arguments in other places in California, if not in, in other parts of the United States. There are some nice things about the reliability of the corruption of our legal system and, and your ability to at least uh, occasionally leverage it to your advantage. From the AP, also last week, French President Macron tested positive for COVID-19. Nice sidebar. Now, here's a story that you're going to be citing for a while. This is the week.com, or at least I'm going to be referring to this. I already have a couple times in the show, I think. Pfizer says millions of vaccine doses are waiting to be shipped, but the government hasn't told them where to go. Yeah, simple as that. Uh, now, Reason has this headline: "Americans are in full revolt against pandemic lockdowns." I'm not going to get into that, but in, they have done a good job with that story, putting together a pretty good uh, overview of the resistance in the United States, and there's a lot of it. Now, uh, we're going to—I we, think we have some of those stories, but first. Uh, More on the vaccine. Why not? From the Associated Press, FDA plans to okay second COVID-19 vaccine after panel endorsement. So, yeah, let's make things complicated. There's not just one. There's going to be, of course, there's going to be multiple vaccines, and there are multiple profiteers and and companies that are going to benefit from this. So this is now drug maker Moderna getting in on the, uh, the coronavirus vaccine racket. So, uh, next headline from the Sun. Uh, this is this is one DS that you were going to be referring to for a long time. Also, Sam shot hospital accused of faking a nurse's coronavirus vaccine injection on TV after viewers claimed syringe didn't move. And this is really clear. I've watched this footage a few times. There, they they put a needle in this nurse that already had the plunger down. Now, what does that mean? Uh, And and you could jump to, oh, well, they were faking it. They put empty syringes in people. And and that's that's part of it. And and that's like when you see uh, ex-presidents lighting up to set the example for vaccine nationalism and take the shot on TV when it's available, they're going to get shots of saline. They're not going to give the presidents, the ex-presidents who are capable of all the testing and isolation, if, even if they really are concerned with the, 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 the virus, are those guys, uh, and it, it's Clinton and, uh, and and Bush and Obama, you think they're going to take the shot? Hell no. There's no reason. So then you see a case like this, when if they wanted to give someone a fake injection, uh, you know, they, they could have just uh, filled the syringes with saline and done that for their staged show. The fact that they did this—I mean, what does it mean to stick a, a syringe with a plunger down into someone? It means either you didn't fill it with anything, or you already filled it and emptied it into someone else. If they had emptied it into someone else and then stuck it in someone, that is—that is a huge problem of blood-to-blood contact, essentially, uh, for, for transmission of HIV of, of any other bloodborne pathogens. Um, hugely problematic. I mean, as in you, you get sued. Right? There's going to be more to the story, uh, but the takeaway here is that this is a system that can't be trusted because even in the best case scenario, oh, we grabbed a syringe, we didn't put anything in it, and we stuck it in someone, and then oh, and then pretended like we did. Like there's, I've I've gotten in plenty of shots in my life in the Marines uh, for allergies for immunotherapy. Um, and there's a, there's a procedure around giving someone a shot where, you know, right before you give them the shot, you hold it up and you make sure there's no bubbles in what you're injecting and, you know, you use what you, the, or the stereotypical you know, tap the needle or tap the syringe and, you know, push it a little bit to make sure there's no air in it and that it's liquid coming out and then you stick it in someone at, well was you sterilize the, the site and then... It, So to get to this point of, oh, whoops, we just stuck a syringe with the plunger down already in someone. Yeah, I don't know about that. Now, the vaccine, Wall Street Journal has this headline, COVID-19 vaccine passports could help life return to normal, but experts urge caution. No, experts are saying, get ready for us to screw you again on something else. Now, uh, okay, so I have this story again. Video shows mishap. Sorry, this this is a duplicate here, CJ, but Fox 17 Nashville video shows mishap. During COVID-19 vaccination of El Paso nurses, watch the video for yourself. It's all in there. Uh, civilized.life. Cannabis consumers are more likely to survive heart attacks. Now, maybe I meant to save this for our positive uh, thing tomorrow, but it was because I saw this from Forbes skipping ahead a couple. Cannabis may reduce deadly COVID-19 lung inflammation. Researchers explain why. Yeah. Yeah, cannabis active compounds have a number of properties that make it appealing as a potential adjunct treatment for infections from the novel coronavirus, and recently scientists have begun looking at its potential for reducing susceptibility to the disease and even discuss whether it could be used as an antiviral medication. And since I've made such a mess of this giant block of corona, I feel it's necessary to take a hit of this cannabis because we have failed to contain it. Now, I think I wanted to try to end on that positive note, but just a few more stories, just a few more, and I promise we'll, we'll get CJ on and we'll wrap this up. <coughs> Excuse me. From WKMI Talk Radio 1360, John Hopkins University researcher finds death, right, death rate before and after COVID the same. And I've been telling you from the beginning, it's going to be when we get analyses like this, that we're able to actually evaluate the deaths, because we know that part of the coronavirus hoax is overcounting the deaths and misattributing deaths. And Ron Paul, uh, very early on in this, predicted, "Oh, you're going to see deaths from these other things go down as they count those as coronavirus deaths." So this is, you know, what in, in terms of uh, is this decisive or not? Maybe we'll get into the numbers when we get back in January. But one of the threads being pulled on this sweater hoax is that, yeah, uh, the um, the death rate being being about the same. That's that's going to be another story you're going to be referring back to. Uh, from December 19th, two days ago, London begins emergency lockdown as UK fights new virus strain. Bloomberg, um, capital southeast England move into new tier, trains jammed new mutation forces Johnson to scrap, five-day Christmas easing. Oh, oh, whoops, it forced me. Oh, oh, there was a virus. that It forced me to do this terrible thing to you that profits me and my friends. Whoops. Um, And I guess, oh, no, that is it. That is it for our Corona block. Congratulations, we made it. Mostly contained, I would say. One other fun headline. Let's get CG on stage here while I refresh my screen. But uh, let's do this, theverge.com. This is, this is worth pointing out because I don't want people to miss the, the, all the great jokes about this uh, over, over, over the holidays with your families. Members of the U.S. Space Force will now be called Guardians. Yeah, of the galaxy. Right, right. CJ, do you like that?
3: Oh, I don't know what to even say about it, Adam. I mean, honestly, Guardians, Spaceman, Spacewomen, I don't know. Uh, uh, Guardians, I mean, they should have known better than Guardians. They're going to have way too much fun with that. There's going to be some overzealous E7 that's going to be like, I'm the Guardian of the Galaxy. Ugh, like, all right, fine. Give them their stupid name. I don't consent to the taxation for this. I don't know what else to say. <laughs> I don't want to pay for guardians. Guardians. Like, come on. Get real. Soldiers. Sailors. Airmen.
0: Marines. Coasties. And
3: guardians. We suck. We suck with Space Force. Space Force is a illegitimate branch of the government. And you know what? Here's a, here's a funny sidebar on that, just real quick, is that they're saying that Joe Biden could nix the Space Force, and with a swipe of a pen, just say, "Not, nope, not doing it." I don't think they'll do it because, of course, the internet to remind everybody says that we have bases on the moon and uh, and and uh, you know colonies on Mars already, and you can stay at Trump Hotel on Mars. There's no way that Biden
0: would allow himself to be the president that killed Space Force?
3: I don't know. I think that out of spite, they'll just say, we don't have money for Space Force right now, and then they're going to just sign it away. (laughs) Again, the Democrat that doesn't want to spend money, I know, long shot, but just mark my words, within the next four years, they're going to nick Space Force. They're going to call it a Trump failure, and that'll be about it.
0: Well, C.J., teasing ahead to tomorrow, we have an exciting guest coming on—someone pretty controversial, Chester Dole's uh, ex-KKK member, who uh, is, I don't want to say had some uh, challenges shedding that ex-KKK shadow or uh, stain, especially now when he says he is a uh, you know 100%
3: patriot for Trump and nationalist, and you go. Hmm, maybe we, should, maybe we should do Adam Loves the Man tomorrow. I don't no, know. No, no, no. This is good, but this is gonna be a fun I got like this is it's rare that I have an interview that
0: I have to prep for like this, like a debate almost. Um but more like, I, a, like
3: links or just a conversation?
0: Uh links. there's gonna be a couple links. But see like today, Patrick, it's sort of my I have to know enough to, to, to you know do my best to help present a story in the best credible way. Okay, so Patrick comments, thanks for the interview, bro. My phone was dead and I scrambled. Lesnar said, all right. Uh, yeah, no, that's great. I know, and, and it was great, Patrick. I appreciate that we were able to, you know, get, I think, the critical uh, part about that in. Uh, and, and and I had to do some research first. But the Chester Dolls tomorrow is going to be some sparks. All right, Patrick also comments on the point about strippers. We are going to have out of work ethical strippers Protest the fact that Governor Gate Brown allows Epstein donors to operate pedophile fronts in the mall, Victoria. Oh yes. Oh. Yeah. Oh my God. Um. By the way, uh, I, I, am I feel remiss that I didn't think of this earlier, C.J. But you remember what
3: strippers did in California earlier when they were shut down?
0: You know, I
3: don't. Uh, I would say that fans only went like this, and then went like this, and then no, like they
0: were doing titty deliveries. Because you, you could do food delivery. They, they were no
3: longer strippers. They were food delivery experts. Yeah. You know, I'm not even mad at it, really, honestly. I'm really, how can you be mad at, at the entrepreneurial, entrepreneurial spirit of, of the strippers in California? I mean, they deserve a lot of credit, for sure. Well,
0: you used to have to drive to a strip bar or club to have titties in your face. Now,
3: they're just a phone call away. Thanks to Governor Newsom. Oh, man. Oh, man. Well, let's leave it at that with titties in your face. Go to AdamVersusTheMan.com and help support this broadcast. Please, while you're there, click the Patreon link and help this broadcast out. By Oh, and, of course, my computer's freezing. There it is, the Patreon. Please go to our Patreon and help support us. Adam Versus The Man is on Patreon. And if you do that, then you can go to our store, where being in the Producers Club gets you 15% off if you're a better patron uh, or in the Producers Club, as well as our affiliate partnership with Cigar Federation, where promo code ADAM10 gets you 10% off your order. You can go into the search bar and type in NUGS. That is Adam's favorite for a uh, cigar, for cigars and sunsets. When we're, when, well, when you were doing that. Hopefully tonight, if you're doing the... Uh, um, Conjunction, The Saturn-Neptune conjunction, you can puff on a cigar there. And then last but not least, uh, the MakeThemDebate.com. Help out our debate manager, Mercedes Damertowski, to get some debates. We've had one. Uh, we don't want to put this one out to pasture. We want to actually use it as the vehicle for sparking debates and conversations. It's a great platform to do so. So please, if you're feeling like you want to see Adam talk to somebody, help promote it through MakeThemDebate.com. And other than that, as far as uh, my comment about Adam versus the Rona, I know we're not just Adam versus the Rona, okay? It just it's it's just this fucking sucks, man. I hate seeing 50 links of all with COVID. And don't get me wrong, when they prove your point, I'm like fuck yeah, they prove our point. But it's just like it's never it. it I can't wait for COVID then. Maybe I'm going to turn pro-vaccine and and pro-government opinion just to get this fucking news cycle of COVID over. I don't know. Yeah, well, I mean, CJ, with that, I I think what we've we've hit on here, and we're going to
0: keep getting better at it. But as a general formula, right now for this production, for a sort of journalistic responsibility, when the mainstream media is just overwhelming with corona headline one after another after another. And we know that that's a distortion of your attention, right? I think for us to do blocks where we go, look, here's all of this shit, and we're going to do our best to condense it into this, but we're not going to pretend that it's not out there and that this isn't what's happened in the mainstream conversation. So I'll be better organized when we get back in January, but doing a COVID block of a run-through of the headlines uh, I, I you know, mean, once or twice a week and doing it as fast as possible and trying to contain it that way, I, I think that's an appropriate response. I if mean, we cover
3: it as much as the mainstream, it would be even more. In all honesty, Adam, though, I agree with you on why we should cover it. So don't get me wrong in there. I agree with why we do it. It's just that I feel like in our own unique way, we are trying to contain this. We are trying to make it so that we can have conversations outside of this, but... It just seems like either we'll get a story about, like, Saturn and Jupiter, and somewhere in there they're going to be like, but make sure you socially distance for COVID. <laughs> 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 Jupiter and Saturn align, and they'll sneak it in there, and it just, it's never freaking ending. So I challenge you tomorrow, Adam, no saying the word COVID, Corona, Carina, the virus that shall not be named, uh, the government's big spending wallet called Corona. I don't know, just, just, I'm just begging you. All right, all right, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, we did a we Christmas didn't get... miracle. All right,
0: hold on. Well, then, in order to do that, I I got to do our headline block real quick here. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna. There's gonna be two minutes, and we're gonna get to the good news and the solstice, and we're gonna make sure that Jupiter and Saturn are gonna stay at least six feet apart tonight. But uh, Reuters, U.S. whistleblower pressed to exaggerate leftist role in urban protests. Lawyer says, surprise, surprise. In North Korea, according to Insider.com, the owner of a fishing fleet publicly executed for listening to foreign radio stations at sea, Radio Free Asia Report says. Who knows whether that's true or not. Texas and nine other states file new antitrust lawsuit against Google. Here's the full complaint. No, I'm not going to read the full complaint here. Yes, this is happening. It's worth knowing about. Uh, Pentagon pauses transition meetings, causing concern for Biden's team as it meets resistance in the department. Yep, still a thing. Wall Street Journal, new ad fraud theme highlights a growing problem for streaming TV. Yeah, that's people rip, r- ripping off uh, the, the system with simulated devices and apps, view forms. Uh, spokesman review, as this lawmakers dismayed experts babbled at Trump brushing off suspected Russian hack? Yeah, that happened last week. We didn't really get to it. Uh, Romney coming in with the fear-mongering Russia could cut off U.S. food and water supply in next cyber attack. Y- yeah, Okay. Um, and then this from dnyuz.com. She called police over a neo-Nazi threat, but the neo-Nazis were inside the police. Yes, this is from Frankfurt, Germany, and uh, uh, showed this, all these links will be in the notes. This is, we're getting this out of the way, so we don't have to do it tomorrow. Afghanistan, Kabul deputy governor killed in sticky bomb attack on car. Yeah, that happened. Russian government hackers are beyond broad espionage campaign that has compromised U.S. agencies, including Treasury and Commerce. That was actually an older headline on this one. Fun sidebar, though. Russia's new guerrilla media are going after Putin. Yeah, at some point you can't fight the Internet. Austrian. Now, this one this is going to be a fun one to just poke holes in from Reuters. Austrian police seize hall of weapons intended for German extremists. This is like a hall of weapons as in would fit into the trunk of my car. Uh, it, pretty bad fear-mongering handling. Now, another one we didn't get to that I got into last week myself, U.S. companies railed with members of Chinese Communist Party. Yeah,
2: yeah.
0: Stuff happened in the news. All right, that's it. That's it. That, that's it. That's it. We are all caught up. We are good for Christmas. That was it. Monday morning, check, accomplished, done. So tomorrow, I don't know what the, the, the positive of the good news show, Adam Adam versus the good news. Tomorrow we want all we want your pictures from tonight. We want to look at what you got for the meteor shower and for the uh, the alignment, the Christmas star. Um, but tomorrow not, we're not even going to mention the coronavirus once. So CJ will never have to interrupt me playing that stupid clip. It's it's contained to this episode. So tomorrow science so science and technology stuff minus Corona. Because that's more fear and propaganda and politics than science.
2: (laughs) Uh, But uh, anything that's
0: science, tech, nature discovery, innovation, good news, tomorrow's the day to send you into the holidays. But from goodnewsnetwork.org for this day in history, today is a particularly magical winter solstice, not only bringing the longest night of the year to our northern hemisphere and marking the start of more daylight, but also a major celestial event. In an exceptionally rare conjunction, Jupiter and Saturn will appear closer to one another than they've been in 800 years, visibly separated by just 0.1 degrees. That's less than six feet. Named the Christmas star. The nearness of these gas giants will create a shining point of light, even though the two planets are actually millions of miles apart. The closer you are to the equator, the better the view, and the best time is between dusk and just after nightfall. Looking low on the western horizon with a telescope, several of the planet's largest moons will also be visible with the celestial conjunction. That's it. The celestial conjunction lasting for the entire week surrounding today's winter solstice. And if you're in the northern hemisphere, there's a meteor shower as well. Check that out. See the best ways to view it around you. More good news on this date. on the same 1620 May flower pilgrims winter shore at Plymouth Rock, Massachusetts. On this day in 1913, the first crossword puzzle by Arthur Wynne was published in the New York World. On this day in 1948, the the Irish Free State of Irie declared independence. On this day in 1962, Rondani National Park was established. Norway's first as an important habitat for herds of wild reindeer. On this day in 1991, the birth of the Commonwealth of Independent States was proclaimed by 11 of the 12 former Soviet republics. And on this day in 2004. Two French reporters held hostage for four months in Iraq were released, and that is how humanity does the winter solstice for good news on this day in history. And with that, peace and love, y'all. Wait,
3: wait, I was was going to say, I don't have smoke weed today, so I was going to go, smoke weed every day. Yo, 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 smoke weed. I was going to do it for you vocally, but. And choose happiness and be excellent to each other.